Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Thursday, December 1st, 2022. Thank you for joining me today. I've got a really a really great show planned for you today, something that'll be enjoyable. I have a special guest joining me as well for the second mic today, and we're going to go over some just outlandish information, as well as some really important stuff that continues to show you what's really going on around involuntary commitment, around hate speech arrests. We were just talking yesterday about a person being arrested for a joke on Facebook. As somebody actually interestingly pointed out on Twitter, almost to set the idea that if that you, it's okay to be arrested if it's not a joke, right? Kind of use all these different angles to look at that. Either way, people being arrested for things that you would have never seen pre-COVID, even though they were working towards. We're going to talk about some foreign policy. We're going to talk about all sorts of different things under the sun today. And somebody who I'm looking forward to having this conversation with today is Steve from Slow News Day and Wake Up. How are you, brother? Oh, I'm doing good, man. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm good. I'm looking forward to getting your reaction of some of these things. <laughs> the absurdity, the clown world, the cartoon that we live in today, as you so often say. From the time that I left the studio, like two and a half hours ago, mm-hmm. to now, it's gotten even sillier. <laughs> it really it's I mean, The rate at rich. I actually said this on Twitter. They were, I'm sorry, but I, I just, you know, I know I say some wild stuff from time to time, but I, I'd want everyone to know that I am so eternally grateful for this particular timeline and this universe and the <laughs> comedy gods that just keep giving every single waking minute of All the right. day. I mean, it's almost maybe that's even why they so aggressively attacked like com- comedy like early in this. So people wouldn't make fun of how dumb it really was. Cause, you know, it's interesting how that kind of happened where comedy was kind of, you know, early on focused on where you I mean, and you saw it. I mean, you hear comedians talk about it all the time. It got really like we can't even make jokes about this stuff anymore. Like it just got really I often bring up uh, what the comedian's name is Jesselnick. And I just remember that right about that time, he had this comedy show that was entirely rooted in saying like the one thing you're not supposed to say in any given context. And it's hilarious, even though some of it's like, oh, wow, that's a <laughs> right on the line, you know, <laughs> like a little bit poor taste. But still, you know that it's joking and it's meant to be outlandish, you know, which, the, you know, it's weird. It's almost as if reality has now filled that role. Right. So on that note, <laughs> this is what I want to start with today. And it's just it's almost meant to be a joke, I feel. The, the timing of both of these things coming out. Now, first, now, like, for those that usually watch the show, we're going to today start with um, a couple of little interesting points that kind of t- highlight the absurdity we're talking about. But then we're going to talk about mostly foreign policy and a couple of different points today. But the bulk of the show will be COVID-19, specifically around the idea, well, kind of an overlap, actually, of, as I put it, the MAGA COVID or the yeah MAGA COVID trap. I've termed the MAGA trap in the past on this show, talking about kind of the vanilla ISIS psyop and how we see this group being used in a very interesting way. We're seeing it kind of come together in the hate speech misinformation idea and really just being arrested for things you're not supposed to say or actions they think you aren't supposed to. You know, it's very, very revealing. So that being said, the first point, really getting to the absurdity of all this, I don't know if you saw this. This is something that came out. This, I just, this is just a tweet that I saw, but this has been reported in New York Post and so on. MIT researchers are now creating robots that give birth to other robots. <laughs> so just before we get into the other part of this, just give me your take on that, first of all. 
Well, because San Francisco just made it so that killer cop robots are a thing now. <laughs> right. You've got to it's have. Funny, it's funny uh, that your mind goes right there because that's exactly the point <laughs> I'm going to make. But go ahead. <laughs> you have to have uh, the sort of robot family that creates robot cops. So, you know, you're going to have to make sure that there's a lot of these robots that are having you know, some sort of uh, dysfunctional family. Maybe you're going to have, you know, rival brother robots and one of them picks on the other one. Then that's, they're going to go on to become a robot cop or perhaps a, a robot soldier who then comes back with robot PTSD and then gets hired by the robot <laughs> police department. Uh, this is absurd, my friend. Well, I mean, it's, uh, there's too many ways to look at it. Obviously I agree. It's, this is ridiculous. Now, first I'm like, I don't even, I wonder, is this even real? You know, is this just one of those things they're putting out there for us to go, what? You know, and so then there's like distraction or, you know, whatever it else is. But this is crazy because of, on one angle, like the idea that we're not even like solid, we don't even have solid ground on whether people agree with this direction or whether or not like artificial intelligence, all these different things. And we're going to, we're going to create a situation where this can, can start recreating themselves. I mean, it's, hey, I love to see that. Welcome. <laughs> sure sierra will come in here at some point but i think it's just absurd that this is even taking place or the idea of it because of how dangerous this obviously could be right but then just the idea of how that even makes sense in the context of where we are now but i obviously see the the nod to where we're going you know the idea of the transhumanist kind of technocratic direction but as you rightly pointed out which is exactly where i went with this san francisco just this was on the 23rd san francisco police consider letting robots use deadly force now on in its own point I just I'm blown away by the absurdity of stuff like this. And I actually think this was meant to be pushed back. What, what do you think about this? I really do, too. But uh, they picked the exact right city. Yeah. If they wanted to yield all control, all authority or all autonomy over to something that isn't even human. You, mm. you would definitely go to San Francisco for that. And I there. <clears throat> I think that I really do. I think they expected public pushback, a lot more of it. I think they expected more pushback within uh, the actual city of San Francisco, uh, you know, legislative personnel that had to come to a vote on this. But the overall apathy and the fact that San Francisco is kind of a wasteland right now. Mm. I'm sure had a lot to do with um, uh, the overwhelming cynicism that anyone on their city council would have at this point. They have an app that tells you where human poo is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously I mean, I, I tend to look at a lot of this stuff as kind of like the engineered degradation of our society at this point. But but what's interesting about this is it, and from every angle, it's like the. Like right now, there's this like attacking the very idea of what makes us human, right? Like that the human aspect of our lives are is what the, the that is the problem, right? The illness, the weakness, you know, the, the the emotion, you know, like all these different things. And well, we're, we'll let the robots and the eye make the decision because we're just flawed humans. That's kind of like this overarching feeling right now that's being laid, whether they realize that's what they're leaning into or not. That's kind of why this stuff I think is being laid out there. Either way, it's just clownish it's absurd and that's kind of where i went with this where i just i oh oh and this this well, what i said first was i get my guess is this would be walked back which i kind of think it already has to a degree but what there's a, the way they play this is they 
typically will put something out like a toe in the water and hopefully people push back. And when they do, they, they use that. It's starting the conversation about something that should not even be discussed. Then they come back with something a little bit less, which was what they wanted in the first place, you know, and then they go, Oh, okay. It's not as bad as killer robots. That's kind of how I see that. But maybe if we don't push back, they're going to go shoot. Well, let's do it anyway. Just ultimately. And I said, next will come the, you know, it starts where they say, here's something we want to do. They pull it back. Then it comes how it will improve your life. The next part is comply or you're killing grandma, kind of like with the COVID discussion. But here's where I just went with this, which just I, it blew my mind. I said, come on, guys, we can't really be this stupid, right? We're letting robots use deadly force. Then alternatively, we're going to make them give birth to themselves. And it's like this cycle we can already see. Hashtag Skynet idiocracy. You know what I mean? Like, it's almost like it's too obvious. I just, you know, I, I kind of feel like they wanted that kind of discussion to be had. I don't know. Am I, am I overthinking it? Well, I, I don't know, because at the same time, uh, they're still trying to push a lot of the alien stuff. Um, mm-hmm. There's uh, there's a whole new uh, a whole new arc in the uh, in the Kanye saga. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get there. Uh, there's <laughs> I, I mean, there's just so many different things that are on. Uh, we had Vanessa Bealey on this morning. Uh, Syria is basically out of fuel because the U.S. and Israel and Turkey have been plundering it for years. We had uh, Jeremy uh, Kuzmarov from Covert Action Magazine on earlier as well. Um, and there's uh, there's a number of things about the January 6th stuff hmm. that uh, he, he was very, very helpful in shedding some light on. And that guy's an encyclopedia on Oklahoma City, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to have him back on for a deep dive on that. Um, but in terms of, uh, you know, rounding up people for Facebook posts, well, right. they did that to Daniel Baker last year, last year, and he's still in jail for pre-crime for his Facebook post. And it wasn't a joke, but, you know. Um, well, th- this is this is kind of the premise of today, which which we'll get into in the COVID section is, you know, the idea of. You know, as, as Scott termed it in the Substack post on the recent show we did, the, you know, words equaling violence, right? I mean, this has been an obvious agenda. I mean, this transparently right on the surface, trying to connect these dots, and then the obvious like chatter on the side. But you're right; <laughs> it's like we, you know, like we're addressing that at the same time. But it's it's contradictory to the idea of your rights, right? And this is where it seems to be going, and it's in every angle. Right. We can talk about the vanilla ISIS kind of psyop idea where, you know, the, the, they're trying to frame anything white supremacy. If you're just saying, well, I think they cheated in the election. Oh, you're a terrorist. You know, it's just this ridiculous over overreach. Same thing with the covid idea, which we t- uh, Taylor Hudak, uh, which we'll get into a point that today we interviewed Dr. Bender, which that, that interview itself has sort of gone viral, even though everyone's sharing the parts that don't lead back to T-Lav intentionally. I would argue different conversation, but it's it's clear that people see this now. Right. Drugging people for things that they said. Right. This is already happening. Right. Oh, you said the wrong thing. You're probably insane. And there's a part that I'm going to get to in the show today as well, where it's already happening in New York, where they're going like, oh, we're going to deal with this homeless population. But when you read through it, you're like, wait a minute, this doesn't really mention homeless. It just simply says, if we think you're dangerous to yourself, then so and so. But they're framing it in a very interesting way. Right. So, I mean, I'm very concerned about where this is going because this puts us right in the right in the headlights, you know, like right where this seems to be going. But uh, th- this leads us into the Twitter part of this, which is interesting because this is where this kind of starts for me. And I-, I personally see this overlap. Actually, I'm going to be on Allison Morrow's show today at 5 p.m. Central to talk about this exact specific idea of the Twitter thing and-, and my account. But what's interesting is I see the overlap of the hate speech, hateful conduct 
which mm. I think I've showed you before, and we'll get there, but the how this is kind of shifting. But to start with this, you guys might have seen, as Chris' early treatment, Mar- Martin points out, that COVID-19 misinformation, part of you know their policy has been removed, or so they claim. And it seems, you know, he tested out and says all these things that were previously censored, and it's still there. Right, here is, but here, here's the other side of it. Christina Lawson says, well, as of November 23rd, Twitter's no longer enforcing its misinformation policy. That platform, this platform has the potential to be flooded with dangerous misinformation that could cause harm. Okay, so then exactly like it was before, right? So I don't, right? The only difference here is that they don't like the kind of things people are saying. Are we going to pretend that there wasn't dangerous misinformation? You know what I mean? Like, so what, what do you, what's your take on what she's saying there? Well, I mean, what, <clears throat> what she really means by... The platform has the potential to be flooded with dangerous misinformation is that the counter narrative or that actual information that contradicts what they're pushing has the ability to proliferate in a way that they were previously able to to stamp down quite a bit or remove entirely. And Mm -hmm. this is. It, we're seeing like the petulant reactions of very spoiled children who are very entirely used to getting their way for a little bit too long. Yeah. And now they, it seems like they're getting a toy taken away. Yeah. I I actually really agree with you, but what's interesting is I kind of feel like those two things, like here's my, they, they contradict. And I think it's ultimately because I don't think someone like her actually knows that they're playing that game. Like, I think she's like actually believing what she's saying right there. Right. But what you're saying is correct. Like at the higher level, like that's they they're upset because, well, now you guys can actually challenge our narrative. But from someone from her perspective, I don't know, you know, who knows for sure if she really think, I think she genuinely believes up until now they've they've airtight locked out all the bad stuff. And this is no oh, now it's going to be let in like a floodgate, except what's interesting is she can't wrap her mind around the fact that the government said that this didn't cause myocarditis. And they said, well, no, there's no negative side effects or no, it's 100% effective over and over and over. Oh, well, they were just wrong. Well, what's the real difference here, right? That you're claiming there's no malicious intent that you can't prove. Right? The whole wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We know what they think kind of garbage, right? Mm. Either way, this really does amount to, you know, they just don't like how it's currently exactly what you said, that now there is a fair balance. But my ultimate point, what I said first, is separate in the idea that, well, people have a right to spread misinformation. They don't like to say that because they don't like to pretend free speech is actually free. It's limited in their mind, right? But the idea is that people, there's a whole realm in there where people can be wrong. They can make mistakes, you know, like all we just saw over this whole time period, if you want to give them the benefit of the doubt, which I don't, or they could just be incorrect and want to lie about things. That's all under the the cover of free speech, right? The real point to me is they just don't actually like free speech, period. Well, that's... 100% correct. And even more than that, they don't like it when they can't control the allowable parameters of speech. And if even if it's an illusion, and I do agree with you that 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 woman believes what she says. Possibly. I mean, yeah, I I know I've encountered a number of I was talking to a comedian last night Mm. who uh, was kind of a you know, well, if the U.S. wasn't the predominant force in the world, then we'd all be speaking German kind of thing. I hate that argument. Well, he did get sat down and told about Operation Paperclip as we were leaving. Yeah. They're in the middle of that explanation. But I mean, you know, but I mean, this is, you know, 2020. And he's uh, uh, he's Indian, like East, you know, uh, 
He has got a giant beard. His whole act is about being mistaken as a terrorist. Ah, okay. And, and yet, and yet, and it's funny, you know, it's funny. He's a funny guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and we get along and all that kind of stuff, but he's just got this, you know, sort of, oh, no, 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 the United States is totally right and correct in doing what it does in terms of empire expansion. Ah, you can't make an omelet without breaking a few terrorists and that kind of stuff. Well, I mean, you know, the hard thing about that argument is that you can't prove it to be wrong. You know what I mean? Like, it's impossible to, but the argument, like, it's better to take it outside of a World War II context because we know that history and we can point out to your point that, well, it's not as simple as saying one side versus the other. The truth is very clear today that, and not, not that we have all the facts, but obviously there were people pulling strings on both sides of this, even before and afterward, right? So it's just not the way it looks from standing back, but taking it from page from today, right? The same argument would be like, well, if the U.S. wasn't doing this, then we'd all speak in Chinese or whatever. You know, same argument, but it's just, I hate those arguments because you can't know that for sure. And the real question comes down to if all of these governments weren't what they were, which uh, people can't even fathom how that's possible, but it's the direction I want to go in, that would we as a species even be this way? (laughs) You know, but these are things they don't even want to think about, right? It's like they want to work within the thing they have in front of them and, you know, it's, it's comfortable. But, you know, the bottom line is, it's you're still basically saying so bad things are good because they're bad too it's like what you know this doesn't really add up to me those doing dangerous things for your safety it's just the world we live in today but here here's the next one same point mark d levine says one of Musk's most consequential twitter policy changes has been to allow dangerous public health messaging to spread like wildfire just search vaccine population control to go down the conspiracy rabbit hole you know and look i challenge you to do that everybody because what you're going to find in there is a, probably a lot of things that are subjective and, and, you know, opinion, which I don't know why that's a bad thing. But on top of that, there's a lot of information in there about eugenics and about real things that are actually proven. They just don't like these topics. And I bet you, Mark, again, same point, probably doesn't even know about this stuff and believes that it's all misinformation because that's what a good boy is supposed to think who does what the mainstream media tells him to do. You know, that's kind of the internal thought process, in my opinion. But either well, way, and, and more to that point, if it if it wasn't a conspiracy theory, then it would be in the outlets that he goes to for his confirmation bias. Right, right, right. Exactly. Because if it's not there, then I know it's not real. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's due diligence in their mind. Right. <laughs> it's frustrating. But I wanted to include this because this is kind of the overlap of where I see this going. And, uh, and I'll, we'll talk about this more with Allison today at five. But it says, Elon, I, I, I put this out again. This is the third time I've done it. Not, that, you know. I'm not trying to make it out to be like, if T-Lab's not, then this or that. It's not like that. You know, it's not all or nothing. But Elon Musk, I said, I'm putting out, like putting out there again. T-Lab was censored for alleged COVID-19 medical misinformation. I still have the, 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 the email. That's what it says. The point disputed was later proven to be correct. All of them, for that matter. But the one in question, very clearly, which was myocarditis, is now supported by many peer-reviewed studies. You have even now removed that policy, for crying out loud, right? Can T-Lab be reinstated? And I, I post that this is still suspended right now as of December 1st. And then I also follow up with, which is the real point. I My appeal, which I did once this process was beginning, was denied last week under the claim that I promote violence or threaten other people. Wildly false. Anyone who watches this show knows I advocate nonviolence on a near daily basis and never threaten or harass anybody. Why was it changed from medical misinfo to hate? I mean, it's just really strange. Isn't it? How in the world can I suddenly do something new on an account that I haven't been able to use since it was censored for medical misinformation? So, well, I don't, well, I mean, go, go ahead. If you want to comment on that, it's, it's very strange to me. I mean, they just, they, the definition of what it, misinformation has changed and it's become hate speech. So, right. right. But what's interesting, it, therefore, 
You know, what was, but I'm saying just what was, if they looked at what was misinformation a year ago, that's going to translate into, oh, this is hate speech. Fair enough. It, in, in the in minds broken, of a lot of people, maybe yeah. not in the algorithm, but. No, but that's a good point in, in the, in the way that they're at, this is, I mean, that's exactly the point we're making today, right? That, that it is being, it's like shifting over now. And so, but what's interesting is you're not, that you're just going to change that. I'm not seeing that happen with other people that were censored under medical misinformation, right? So why do you laugh? And I'm sure there's plenty of other examples other than me. I, it's just interesting that there's this weird kind of shift, right? All of a sudden. Now, I hope I get reinstated just because I hope that would give me some faith that he is trying to do the right thing. I'm not going to jump the gun. I just personally don't have a good feeling about it. Cat turd. I love, I always laugh that I'm saying that on the show, but he's, his account says last Friday, we were told by Elon Musk, the suspended accounts would be reinstated this week per his amnesty poll. So let's be clear about this. He did a gigantic poll. We all know. And it said, should we reinstate these accounts? And then when they did, and he said, the people have spoken. Okay. And to, to Cat Turd's point so far, only a few. So now I'm not saying it's that simple. There's a process, right? But if it was as simple as he made the poll out to be, either they are back or not based on the, what's the deliberation? Like, I don't, you know, I don't, this doesn't feel genuine to me, to be quite honest. There was a couple of bones thrown to the partisan side and people are acting like it's all free speech all of a sudden. You know, so, but even I'm glad that Gat Dirt is, you know, continuing to kind of hold him to account. But, uh, and then it, then this part was essentially where it's going now. Do you have a comment on this? Feel free to jump in. I'm, when I don't have your screen up, I can't see your face. So jump in if you well, want to see Well, I mean, let's, uh, let's just kind of, in the first place, remember that the amnesty was conditional to what, as long as you weren't already violating pre existing Twitter rules or, so, you know, there were, there were some conditions well, to the end. It said specifically, unless you're breaking the law or spamming. Egregious okay. spamming, by the way. So that was my point was that was kind of, that was meant to kind of like catch all Alex Jones and be like, well, he broke the law. So that's not yeah. it. And you guys voted for that. So kind of like a, you know, caught that there, but then spam and egregious, those are up in the air, right? So it's, it can be whatever they want. And then also like it took no time whatsoever to reinstate Jordan Peterson or Kathy Griffin took no time whatsoever right. to, uh, to reban David Ike. They can bring people on and off as they please in a very, very time efficient manner when they choose. So to drag it out over an extended period of time seems more to be a, uh, like a TV ratings thing. Mm. Well, that's also the point too, about transparency. Like where's the process here and why is everyone just assuming this is being done by some kind of process? Nobody's seen anything yet. Right. Like, I mean, he keeps promising stuff. And again, I'm holding my breath because I'm really hoping that he's going to produce, but. Well, if he keeps doing the Vox Populi stuff, right, with all of the polls and then Mm -hmm. when he comes back with an answer, they may as well be live streaming into Twitter headquarters and they got a little meeting and they just thumbs up or thumbs down in real time and people can vote on it or bet on it or do whatever they want to do on it. But that would at least be an interactive process where you could even see what was going on. Corny is all, you know, but I wouldn't mind that as long as it actually, you know, you could, again, the transparency is all anybody really wants. Like right now, there's really there's there's the illusion of process, but no transparency. And it's just like it was before. Like what's really crazy to me is the only thing that's changed so far is certain people let back on certain things being stated that were censored before, but not like all across the board. It's kind of like intermittent and not equal. And then him saying things are different. You know what I mean? So it's a very strange thing. And I'm real again, I'm really hoping this is going in the right direction, but I'm not not feeling it right now. As I pointed out, and he said this today, Twitter is purging a lot of spam and scam accounts right now, which if true is good. 
except the point that I, well, it depends on what those things mean, to be quite honest. Because anyway, it says, so you may see your follower count drop. And I said, funny how when this happened before Elon, everybody screamed censorship, even though we didn't know at that point either, for sure, right? Now that Elon is saying it, the same people are cheering. Even though we never knew what was truly going on behind the scenes, shouldn't we demand transparency? Or are we just trusting his word? I mean, it's like Guantanamo Bay example all over again, where it's a, a stain on reputation from every angle, and then Trump's elected, and now it's, it's a sign of freedom. It's, it's well, a- now it's yeah, now it's my guy. So when yeah. my guy does it, it's not it's not censorship. It's responsible management. Uh, it's not um, you know reckless rounding up of possibly or probably innocent people in the name of covering for the war on terror. It's mm-hmm. taking a stand because the last guy was weak and allowed us to be in this position. That it, yeah, I mean, and and it, it was we were talking about on the show the other day. It's just kind of a complete reversal of where it was 20 years ago. And if yeah. we get another 20 years out of it, they'll do it again if they get a, get away with it. Yeah, except we're on the fast track, so it'll probably happen in six months. You know, it's like, right. <laughs> it's like everything's ramped up. You know, this is the way things are going. Went from the nightly news to the 24-hour news cycle. You know, these things are just like escalating rapidly these days. And I think if that's that means we get a campaign commercial of AOC shooting an AR-15 out of the back of a pickup truck. I'm, you know, like, I'm kind of here for that. I'm kind of like that rapid that. shift. That would be hilarious if it's just completely <laughs> inverse of reality. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. That is what I tend to think this does. But you're right. Over a much longer period of time, teeter totter. Opens back a rally to like Brooks and Dunn or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to comment on this because here's what I what I when I put this out today, I thought to myself, what's frustrating is that so people who want to believe he's doing what the right thing are going to pretend what I'm saying here is that he's not doing that or rather rather that he's lying, even though I didn't say it. All I said there was, why aren't we questioning this? Shouldn't we question it here just like we did before? My point is, I don't know and neither do you. But I knew that people would jump on this because that's how the partisan garbage works. And this person says, it wasn't funny what was going on before. You just felt safe and protected in that environment. With your suspended account? Exactly. And I just, I said, man, me? <laughs> Try again. I was censored constantly then and I still am now. The point is that I guess they just assumed that I was a left person or something. Like I just, the partisanship literally melts people's logic. And I just, it makes you assume, it makes you jump. Not that we don't all do that from time to time. I just think it's interesting. It's, uh, yeah, no. And it is, it's like clockwork too. Yeah. So here, here now here's what he said. Uh, oh, and at the, oh, actually, this is the first point. Then I want to show what he said here. Cacturd says again, this is this is as of the fourth before Elon took over. Right, this is on October fourth. They just removed eleven thousand of my followers. Hope you should put a stop to this. Except I guess not because it's the same thing, right? But I guess he's removing the bad ones, and you're okay with that now, even though we can't mo- you know prove that. Just making that point clear. Mm. But he's responding to a tweet that says buying Twitter is an accelerant to creating X the everything app and that was the point that this person made and i want us to remember this is why he bought this guys the accelerant to the wechat equivalent right i mean the the digital id direction the pipeline what do you think about that well it's the point that i've been making the entire time much Mm -hmm. to the the dismay of people who otherwise find my sunny disposition and handsome face the just gosh darn nicest thing on the face of the earth (laughs) Uh, and so there's been a point of contention and uh and you can't get around it. We just played the clip on the show yesterday the where he's, yeah, the, mm-hmm. where he's being interviewed, talked about it. again, because it, not that I like to repeat material, but it bears repeating because that's your entire life on what 
will be a blockchain because they're already trying to, to merge all of it. They want your crypto wallet on your social media connected to your health information mm-hmm. and everything else there is about you. It's not and, even being hidden, by the way. I mean, this is all on the surface now. Yeah, I mean, to to the point to where it's going to be, uh, they're going to be openly seeking investors if not if they're not already in building this kind of you know building this out. I mean, um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's already been being built before this even happened, which would speak well, largely to the plan, but that'd be a guess for me. In Elon's own words, he wants to steal WeChat. Not steal, but, you know, copy, I just yeah. say we copy WeChat. So it's just reverse engineering the process and matching it up to tailoring it to however they want to tailor it. It's not even that difficult of a thing. This is what Elon Musk is really good at, taking mm-hmm. things that other people already invented, getting, you know, a chunk of ownership, putting himself in front of the company, doing the marketing and the public stuff, Um and then, you know, and then taking all the credit for being the quote unquote inventor of it. There's people who think that he made the electric car. <laughs> I'm not yeah. even kidding. Wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me at all. But what, you know, what, what's what's concerning is, well, first of all, I do want to point out, as somebody made a comment about that, you know, it's to argue that this is going to be like WeChat and that WeChat is kind of like the the problem we're concerned about. People, somebody made a comment about how that's not exactly true, that it's not exactly, you know, you don't need digital ID to use it and so on. And I'm not sure. I mean, look, I can't, I don't have it or have not used it. I've spoken to people that do and understand. The point is, if you have to have your personal information on it to be able to use it, that's essentially your digital ID, right? I mean, that's like, it doesn't mean whether you're like signing up for a digital ID in quotes, you know, like that's like a process or not. It's you're, you're, you're basically choke point putting all your information through this one thing that can be shut off and it's that's kind of the argument right and so if he's willing wanting to do that here whether his intention is to do it for nefarious reasons or not it still creates a fast track for people to become more immersed in this exact problem in my mind you know and that's really what i think is important in light of the fact that uh leaving the the g20 b20 whatever it was in uh in bali <clears throat> they made a, a decision to move forward with the digital health passport or with the digital passport, the travel passport thing. The, that's just one more step into, okay, well, if you live in, you know, Oceana, then you download X and that's how that's your passport and everything else. Exactly. Exactly. If you live in Eurasia, then you download WeChat and that's your passport and your everything else. And, and this is how this, you move and how you live. This speaks to where the government, I, I think I have a point about this in the, in the opening thing here about the government being overzealously invested in Twitter itself. Right. And like, there's a reason for that. And I think they're they're They've pulled there. I gotta, I have to admit how clumsy and, and ridiculous these people continue to be and how they're, I, again, I don't think we tend to make them omnipotent in the mind of the government and the power. And some people are like that. I would argue they really do have a lot of power and clout and intelligence, but most of these government people, you know, or even just the media personal personalities, they're literally coming out and going, we can't allow them to have this much control over your lives. I'm like, do you guys not realize that you literally just admitted that's what it was before when Jack, but you're okay with it before, you know, either, either that means you guys had control over Jack or you didn't care that Jack was in control. It's the same point. It didn't just shift with Elon. So it just blows me away that they're willing to admit that or not realize that they are, you know, either way, it is clearly driving us into one direction. And this, this little graphic here is important. I've shown it before, you know, how he's got all the tweets lined up next to the World Economic Forum arguing for the same things. Carbon tax, universal basic income, machine brain interface. I mean, everything, you know, it's very concerning to me. And I thought this meme was kind of funny. 
And again, this is, shouldn't be taken as a partisan thing, even though many people will. I just find it really funny. So basically, Bill Gates at the top says, let's make more vaccines. And it shows the, you know, little whatever we call that again, the M- MPC saying, no, you will put microchips in our bodies and track us. The bottom one says, Elon Musk, I will literally put a microchip in your brain and say, LMAO, nice. You know, laugh, laugh. And it's just funny because the point somebody made, and I'll point this out under the, you know, arguing this was stupid. It's called consent. Let me tell you about it. And I'm like, well, fair enough, right? One's talking about, something that's clearly not considering consent. And the other one for now is at least letting you make that choice. The point is simply not that uh, that's a fair point, but the main point of this in my mind is that this is simply about the same direction and one is being pushed back on. The other one is being welcomed. And what's the difference? Who's behind it? I guess. Right. Am I missing something? No, I, Hey, Elon Musk once tweeted out uh, a, a quote from, one of Murray Rothbard's books. And so that makes him totally based, bro. Based. Uh, I love that term is, kills me these days. I hate these little, these little click terms that float through, you know, like <laughs> it sounds, it sounds like a bad word. When I first saw that, I'm like, what does based mean? I'm like, that sounds bad. It sounds like you're insulting somebody. That's but, okay, anyway. man. I'm from, you know, I, I, I'm from a particular era. Uh, and that to me sounded like, Oh, they're smoking cocaine. Yeah, 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 exactly. Right. I think that's why I thought the same thing, or at least it almost kind of looked like biased as well. Like it just, there's these, it just seemed like a negative word. Anyway, that was some I, public enemy night of the living base head shit to me. That's just what that was. <laughs> yeah, right. That's exactly what, I don't know, it's just so strange, but these terms <laughs> fluctuate around. But so here, here's now the most important one I think that's right now happening is he just tweeted out update from Neuralink at 6 p.m. That's on the 30th. And as Derek, oh, by the way, Derek's going to be doing an investigation on this exact thing for TLAF coming up soon he said last night he watched the first hour of the Neuralink uh, show and tell presentation that musk was presenting there he said there were some terrifying things stated all under the guise of helping the blind and paraplegics sort of like the overlap of the homeless and helping you i mean a lot i can't there's overlaps to all this today i'm thinking of uh clipping some of the clips and sharing and and i just talked to him this morning he's going to be doing an article on this for tlab now whitney also chimes in and says well and this is derek one of derek's points as well 15 or 8 depending on who you believe which is very interesting of the 23 monkeys died in animal trials for Neuralink. moving to human trials with a track record is a dangerous gamble because now he's saying guess what we're now confident the Neuralink device is ready for humans so timing is a function of working through the fda approval process because we know how sound that is today right what are your thoughts i mean they might as well be like, oh, and by the way, we've incorporated a new push-button mRNA drip that you <laughs> right. put Seriously. right into your Neuralink whenever you feel like you need a little boost boost. Just go ahead and push the button and you'll get it. It's your one-stop shop for all of your neurological needs. That's Neuralink. And, I mean, and it's the, manufactured this... by Trump and Elon, so it's good. It's the good yeah. one, so you could take yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty yeah. much where it is for me. I t- it, and that's more or less all all it would take if you you know if you put a a truly hard seltzer label on it, a significant portion of the American population would be like, yeah, sure, I'll try that. Right, yeah. right. As long as that's the and this is the problem is and I I don't know if I agree with the majority. I do agree with the majority of those lost in the paradigm. Right. I don't think that's the majority today. That'd be my differentiation there. But I do think that too many would do so. 
just because of the reasons we laid out because you know but if it were bill gates standing there and i can almost even understand why that would be a difference but my point because you know <laughs> gates is a concerning character but regardless you just put anybody else that's like a left character and they would be like whoa no even if it's the exact same thing for the same reasons and the same technology so it just it's amazing how much we've been engineered to have this savior complex where it matters i mean it does matter to a degree who's behind it but it really should matter what's happening, not just the narrative around it, you know, and that's what that's what scares me the most about, you know, things like this, for example. And this this is the Microsoft side of this, which you can't miss how these things are going to be overlapped. And that's what concerns me. This is cryptocurrency system using body activity. Now, we talked about this right when this was this is 2019. I believe we talked about this before COVID, but then it came out in a big way during the uh, like 2021. And it was more relevant. And this is about using human body activity associated with task provide a task provided to the user and maybe used in a mining process of cryptocurrency, essentially gamifying your very existence, right? And this is exactly where this all goes. And what do we think the Neuralink is going to be used for and the metaverse and everything else that seems to be perfectly aligned? You know, I mean, we can only warn people so much, right? It's all very clear to me, but you could be wrong. What do you think? I, I mean... <laughs> It, it's it's it really it really sucks because there are many ways in which you could heal broken bodies by using technology like this. There's many right. ways in which you could really expand the capabilities uh, of the human brain or in regard to neural. Yeah, well, it, yeah, it, yeah. Um, and, and it it comes down to. A couple of different things. It comes down to, you know, who holds um, the ability to put that technology into your hands, whether it's not whether or not it becomes technology that you yourself can own and manipulate or whether it's something that you only get to use under somebody else's direction or supervision, whether or not it's mandated, all of these kinds of things, because if you if you have something like. Uh, for example, like the ability to 3D print, then you could easily do almost all of this stuff yourself. And you right. don't need someone like Elon Musk saying, okay, go through me in order to have this. Or you don't need the Pentagon yeah. to be like, okay, go through me in order to have this. Well, uh, go ahead. No, no I'm I just saying. Go ahead. <laughs> that's, but that's the, te that's the technology trap, though. I mean, it really right, is. Right. Because uh, it, it's only a weapon if somebody's pointing it at you intending to do harm with you. you well, and know, that goes for anything, right? That yes. goes for anything, a blunt object, right? And it's, but see, I think it all comes down to choice, which is kind of what I'm feeling from that, you know, is that ultimately, look, you have the right to do this. No one's saying you don't. And that's one, I think I have a point about that in this today is that it gets into a point where, yeah, I do actually, we'll get to it, where, you know, you have to question whether you're removing somebody's choice, even if you know you're making the right choice for them. It has to come down to choice. And that's like, we get a part of that with this left-right paradigm where, you know, we're pushing back so hard, you know, medical freedom and rightly so, but then it sometimes slants over into, well, we can't let them do that. And it's like, well, wait a minute. It's the same problem in reverse. You know, we got to be very careful with those kind of traps, but I, I agree with you, you know, and the problem is that this is, I mean, just the Neuralink idea, like if that's established and, and, and justified for a large mass scale kind of rollout, that is, a, I mean, there's so much we don't understand, like even just glancing in the chat. Somebody's saying, imagine getting TV commercials right in your brain. Well, imagine things being put in there that you don't ask for. Like, imagine things being, you know, it, there's so many things we can get into. I go, we could talk about that forever, but it's just very concerning 
where that is going. And the only reason it seems to be okay with some people is because the right guys behind it. Right. Well, they've been so successful getting people to like basically partake control over their own MK ultra programming with the internet and with handheld devices and stuff like that, that this is just the next logical step. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Social media itself, right? Like that people have made that exact comparison that they've, or even just anything we've, we are calling for our own subjugation these days, instead of fighting it off, you know, like, please take my rights away because of X, Y, Z. It's, I mean, it's very, very long sought and intelligent at some level to really, you know, to map this out. And you can prove that some level that has been done. It's pretty incredible. Real social engineering, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, every protest sign you see in another country that's meticulously written out in English that's right. specifically calling for military intervention on the part of the United States. I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's effectively that. I don't think, I mean, I think it's impo- almost, I mean, I don't think possible. Anything's possible. There's some level of people that really just don't see it, but I find it really hard to believe that most anybody overseas would willingly call for U.S. intervention. You know, most people outside the country are well, well, well more, far more versed on the reality of what happens with U.S. intervention, or rather, you know, even that word doesn't even apply. And so that kind of thing, you're right. But I would argue that, you know, there is something to be said for getting U.S. attention on certain things. But if they're going, please help us invade us for our freedom, it's just like, no, there's zero example in history of that being a positive outcome. I, it just blows my mind. Zero. Like I make that, I used to make that point all the time. No matter what you think they're actually doing, even if you think they're genuinely fighting for freedom, they're batting zero guys. They continually do so and fail and turn it into a despotic place, but let's let them try again tomorrow. You know, it's like, it's just mind blowing. And this is why I think people see this stuff today. We've, we've come to like this apex of like ridiculousness where nothing makes sense anymore because they've lied for so long about so many things that it just, it's coming to its peak. I mean, I, that's what I think, but, but to, to bring it back to Twitter, a, he, a disclosed TV writes, you, the EU is now threatening Elon. So now we've gotten arguably threats from Apple and from the U.S. And EU is now threatening Elon Musk with Twitter ban, which would be really difficult, especially since people can circumvent these things with, you know, all sorts of other VPNs. And But it says, unless the platform sticks to its strict rules, so they get to choose the rules for Twitter now, right? And police mm-hmm. content, the Financial Times reports. I mean, either this was happening behind the scenes with Jack, <laughs> which is what was happening, or... You know, or now they're trying, they don't try. I mean, I don't find any of this, to be honest, to be quite clear. I think this is a false divide, if I was guessing, but it's pretty alarming. And it goes on, say, EU commissioner uh, told Musk that he must ditch an arbitrary approach to reinstating banned users, which is kind of what it seems like right now. Pursue disinformation aggressively and agree to get this, an extensive audit of the platform. Really? That's a, I mean, how do they even think they've got that kind of power to, we want to investigate your platform? Like, it's just now. It's crazy. What do you think? Now they want to investigate the platform. Exactly. Now. Which that's now. why I kind okay. of feel like this is honest because why would the platform be investigated? He just took over, right? Like it's just, that just doesn't connect for me. Well, so here's the thing. The, um, Germany in particular, but the EU has very, very, very different and very harsh laws in terms mm-hmm. of language you can use on their right. internet. And A lot more hate like speech that. stuff going on, right? Um, yeah, and there's a uh, uh, legal financial, you know, recourse that can be taken on behalf of multiple parties uh, on as a result of it. So uh, this could also be a CYA measure 
on the part of the European Union to where they're trying to protect themselves from all sorts uh, of lawsuits and things like that. And they're okay. saying, no, 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 look, you have to go by what the EU says. Otherwise, that opens me, you, everyone up to all sorts of lawsuits because this is the way that we've structured it. We could all be going to jail if you don't do something about this because of the way we wrote our stupid laws. I don't, but it's just a thought. I don't, I don't, I don't know. No, that, that makes sense. I mean, it's interesting. It's almost like they box themselves in with their own arbitrary legislation, you know, <laughs> like, which kind of makes sense when you think about it, because even like the woke arguments and everything, they just kind of like, keep painting themselves into corners. Be like, you can be whatever you want. I'm a lizard. Okay. You know, it's like people are like, wait, <laughs> that's not what we expected. You know, people are literally out there are actually arguing things like that, you know, and it's like, well, they and can't- then you do, you do the South park where you, you know, the shooter at the Colorado nightclub is in like, Hey, no, wait, I'm non-binary. And then there has to be a distractionary discussion over who's allowed to claim that they're not, it went all this kind of stuff. And, allowed, and so, right. It's always, right. It's so, yeah. So then that in and of itself spirals out of control, but you get to see how ridiculous the notion was on its face from jump when even the people who are trying to put it forth can't even be any sort of consistent in their own messaging or ideology or their own idea of acceptance. Right. Right. And then if you push, if you point that out, it just becomes that you don't understand you're insensitive. You know, it's as simple as that. And then it's, it's always like that in sub in these, in these kind of conversations, it's subjective. There's no real verification. It just comes down to you're an insensitive hate speech mongerer. If you actually point these things out and this is the problem, but here's, here's one interesting point. And this is kind of what we were saying before Elizabeth Warren on Elon Musk changes to Twitter. She says, quote, one human being should not be able to go into a dark room by himself and decide Oh, that person gets heard from. That person doesn't. That's not how it should work. Right. So you mean like COVID-19 misinformation? You mean like doctors being censored? You mean like blah, 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 blah for 35? We can sit here forever and point out how dumb it is for her to say that. Let's listen to it. I th- well, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I think what she means is that it should be a group of people, according to the lawyers from the DNC in that lawsuit, they're allowed to go into smoke filled back rooms and choose candidates and you technically don't even need an election. That's that's in a court you know, transcript. They admit it. Um, yeah, so exactly. I think, I think maybe that's what Warren's talking about. It should be more than one person and they should be smoking cigars. Right. Right. And very wealthy, of course. <laughs> that um, Democrats are picking on Elon Musk. Elon Musk is doing just fine. But do you think that users have a right to freedom of speech, even if what they're saying is wrong or offensive? I think that one human being should not decide how millions of people communicate with each other. One human being should not be able to go into a dark room by himself and decide, oh, that person gets heard from, that person doesn't. That's not how it should work. Yeah, right. I mean, it's just, I mean, what's interesting again is I wonder if these people truly don't know how dumb they sound. Like if they actually aren't involved in the narrative and just genuinely believe that it was like that before. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. I don't, I don't find them to be that intelligent, to be quite honest, in most cases, but... It's just the obvious overlap is how that's just simply exactly what it has been before, right? Whether it's Jack or, or, you know, whatever the breakdown is, what's happening now is no different than what was happening before. Well, or, or what she's saying is previously, it wasn't just one person alone in the dark room. The government was in there with them. Right. 
Right. But and, I, see, I don't think that's how it is now, though. I don't think I don't think it's it how it is now either. I honestly don't know if Elizabeth Warren is smart enough or read in <laughs> enough to, to do that. She does like the the conviction in her voice and just the haughty tone in it mm -hmm. when she speaks because she's speaking down to that poor girl with the microphone oh, yeah. and that girl didn't do anything to her you know but she's like oh peasant you know let right. me tell you how we let me tell you how we take care of y'all on the reservation and then goes <laughs> out and you know the does her thing but i i she may be convinced that she's always in the right and that but she's asking she's asking to be memed she's asking for like any any late night comedy show worth its salt or any comedians that do like short sketches for YouTube or whatever to just have a completely dark room. And then, you know, a little like Elon Musk silhouette giving out the craziest mandates and orders. You know, and that's for a solid minute or two. She's begging for it. Yeah. Because again, this goes back to the universe just keeps heaping out material. I mean, this is a, a this it's is someone who's right? <laughs> a walking parody. This is a walking Seriously. parody. They're I'm going to a comedy show tonight, and if I don't hear enough stuff about what happened on Alex Jones with Ye, I'm I'm getting a I'm getting another job. I'm picking up another job. <laughs> oh, they're going to run screaming from that most of them because they're afraid to to point at it. You know, we'll talk about it in a moment. But yeah, I mean, it's it's. I think the uh, then the other overlap again is the same point that what they're essentially admitting is 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 they controlled this before right so if they weren't upset about it before uh, arguably on the surface it ran the same way right so if they're pretending it ran as jack running the company how is this any different right like they're catching themselves in their lies everywhere because this is like a point that i always make right if you lie about everything you just can't step in any direction without contradicting something you previously lied about and that's what we're seeing Right. So you're admitting that you guys either had control over Twitter or you knew that he did what you wanted. And so you don't even care. But now you do. But again, that's the surface narrative or rather the just under the surface narrative. And I don't even buy that. I actually personally believe there's much more coordination. And I think a lot of this divide is adding to where this MAGA trap goes, whether he knows that or not. And that kind of folds over with the the yay thing we'll get to in a minute. Well, actually, we'll go through some foreign policy first because I think it relates to that. But. The next point on this and the last point for the Twitter discussion is uh, this is the discussion of TikTok. And they're all going, TikTok is the worst thing and they're spying on you and the government's. Well, yeah, I, I guarantee that's happening is probably in China is probably too, and everywhere. But you know what they didn't mention? The exact same thing happening with Facebook and Twitter. And, you know, it just blows my mind. I said, I guess they just forgot to mention that right? the U.S. government does the same thing in the and around the world. All I think this is what all governments do. And I, I think what's even funnier is I imagine they both pretend they only do it because the other one's doing it, right? <laughs> and they all track and censor you and whether they believe that or not, you know? So watch this clip. Is this social media rot as pervasive as it is on TikTok? Beyond the societal harm we reference in the angle, there are national security implications as well. If my kid was on TikTok, they'd have his social security number. They'd know what his face looked like. Uh, they'd know who his friends were. They're using. I don't know why he's talking like this because it sounds like he's got a stuff. No, I just want to point that out. I hate Pompeo. This guy, this guy is just a really a real POS, if you want my honest opinion. But the way that he's conducted himself, the way that he's lied about things, I just want to point that out. There's no reason at all. <laughs> Any comments mm -hmm. about Mike Pompeo before I continue? Uh, I truly <laughs> hope that he winds up in a Spanish jail. 
before <laughs> because Spain wants him there and they want him to go to court over uh, spying on Julian Assange and everybody else in the embassy. Right. Um, and right. then there's a lawsuit against him in the U.S. for a, a similar thing, but also extrajudiciously plotting the assassination of Julian Assange. Right. Right. But when Trump brought him on, it was good because, you know, keep your enemies closer, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's just it's it's this guy is one of the worst. You know, and I just want to make sure people understand that he's been involved with some of the worst things we could point at. But, you know, having him on Fox to speak about China, because, you know, it's just, it just kills me. This is how these things work. In this state in ways that will come back to haunt the United States of America for years and years and years. Man. All of that data uh, that your child is inputting and receiving is being stored somewhere uh, in Beijing. Back end of TikTok really is a Trojan horse on your phone. That is a real risk for America's families and America's kids. My next guest has referenced TikTok as a weapon, liking it to digital fentanyl. Joining me now is Congressman Mike Gallagher, member. All right, that's enough. Now, the point for me here, guys, I mean, I don't even disagree with that. I mean, I, I guarantee almost that that's, that's what's happening. The point is that it's absurd for depend like this. Like, look, if you think that, don't use it then, right? Or, or I mean, the idea that these are any different than what these plat other platforms are doing provably is frustrating to me you know what i mean and i mean we're catching them spy on people they're getting exposed for these things now yes i understand like the crux of the point that there's something application wise on tiktok that's being exposed as it and it doesn't surprise me i would simply argue that if it's happening it's happening on all these platforms and they're probably all using them we're just not highlighting that as u.s companies on in these platforms china makes these arguments or russia makes these arguments about these platforms all the time that's why they don't allow them in many places in these countries right so it just it just frustrates me how we can be so hypocritical about this and as americans that we can't see through that in the partisan world it will whenever we have somebody from the right on the show and they talk they inevitably will bring up tiktok and bring up china and things like that which are concerning yes 100 percent it, it's uh the dismissive nature about all of the homegrown surveillance and all of the right. homegrown spot it's just kind of like brushed off it's like yeah well i mean of course it's something that we should we have we have to take care of obviously but this is a huge threat and it's it i i want to know why why they can't you know like why the threat that's immediate that's in your front yard is more severe than the threat that is 12,000 miles away and right. I, you know, I understand that like with TikTok, they show different countries, different things. And that in China, what they're showing people on TikTok is like science stuff and experiments and how to make things, and how to be good citizens and things. And what they're showing people on TikTok in the U.S. is like, you know, hookers and idiots. <laughs> is that is that actually are you making a I'm, joke or is that largely yeah. that's, that's it would what surprise it is. me though right i mean if, if there is a a, a a governmental slant to these which i argue they all have that right that that they would try to put certain things in front of americans that will influence the way they want them to i mean that's exactly what we've proven twitter and facebook and platforms like that have done around the world i mean my next point we'll get into is about apple specifically but go well, ahead. and google's been sued multiple times in multiple countries for right. manipulating the algorithm and only showing different versions of reality to different people in different places and we all know that google is uh, an integral part of the government and has all of your information, literally all of your information, all of it ever. Most people are entering their stuff through a Google you know, platform, Chrome, something like that. They've already collected 
everything. And there's multiple backdoors to law enforcement agencies, not just in the United States, but around the world on all of these platforms. So again, to act like it's just TikTok is silly to act like there's to act like none of that's going on with TikTok is also very exactly i'm glad exactly and that's that see that's the hard thing with this game of partisanship is we have to like counterbalance everything 13 times to make sure they're clear like no 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 you know it's it's they're all a problem i think right and this is why i don't use most of them other than just for business and just posting the work i mean i don't i don't even think i have a personal account on most of these other than i guess i just did a joking one for my dog on instagram that i don't even touch anymore but the point is like the personal part of it is the real they want to absorb all this they want to influence you while you're scrolling and so on right and i'll just i just jumped i grabbed this from the last show that we played the same point so the the argument is they're well aware of this power and they only just want it used in a certain way here's what one of these talking heads again who i don't even think he realizes what he said was saying about about twitter and about how it can influence elections and this is the point that's what google and all of them have been caught for doing and down ranking different things when they want to and so or facebook or what have you you don't have to explain yourself you don't even have to be transparent. You could secretly ban one party's candidate or all of its candidates, all of its nominees, or you could just secretly turn down the reach of their stuff and turn up the reach of something else. And the rest of us might not even find out about it till after the election. So, so is he talking about before or what might happen in the future? Hard to tell, isn't it? Because it's exactly the same point. It just- really is. See, I don't think he realizes that, though. That's the mind-blowing thing is how can you not realize that you – I mean, I think they just really think that this whole thing is different now because Elon is there. Technologically, the algorithms, you know, like maybe they don't – I don't know. It's just – it's so clear. The whole point, though, is that, yes, these all can influence and do influence – elections and every other thing you think is important that's that's how that's why the creators of facebook and different people have later down the road spoken up even though it doesn't get much attention and said yeah i think we destroyed the planet with what we did here like i don't even let my children use facebook they know what they did whether it was planned or not right Mm. but here here is the next part of this and this goes into foreign policy which i may skip most of it depending on time i just wanted to get to uh the involuntary commitment part but this is something I thought was interesting. And this, this kind of dovetails with the foreign policy and the Twitter point. Now, Danny points out this might be the hardest moment ever broadcast live on Fox News as John Kirby attends his own flogging over regime's explicit targeting of Twitter and Elon Musk while allowing Apple to trample free speech and collude with the CCP. Now, that's their perspective. Now, there's a lot of points in this, cl- in this clip I'm going to play itself. And tell me if you want to stop at any point that I strongly don't agree with. But it's. It's like we're watching eating popcorn from outside the window, watching the two party paradigm burn down. Right. It's kind of it's it's crazy. But there are some points to see in this where you can see how they're being hypocritical. Right. Where obviously, if you're going to point out Twitter, why don't they care about Apple doing something? It's it's just so I, I think they don't even know how to deal with these things in the in real time. So you know, anything you want me to say before I play it? No, no, no go ahead. OK. Oh, actually, I have to grab it anyway. So if you have a comment. Um, I just the I'm I'm actually really looking forward to this now. The, the, I've had a couple of had a couple of like little front end warnings on it. <laughs> well, yeah. The, the the point of it is that it's obviously a contradiction, right? What what he, what he's saying here, and it's just so embarrassing to watch Kirby try to like worm out of this and make it make sense of it, which is the my favorite thing to see. Like that guy, if you remember when he was asked about comparing Saudi Arabia to Iran, and he just stared there at the camera for like 40 seconds and it was so hard to watch because you know you're you're just admit that you caught me we're being hypocritical you know they, they won't do that 
But here, here's it's three part. times as long as it took for Katy Perry to pop the eye back into place. <laughs> here's this clip. Oops, wrong button. Here it is. Joining me now on that and some other topics today is the NSC coordinator for strategic communications, John Kirby. John, welcome. Always good to have you with us. Thank you very much for being here. My pleasure. You, you know, this is an interesting uh, situation that has developed with, with Apple. And, and I want to start there and get your take on what Apple is doing because they have restricted, uh, which is what the Chinese government wants, some use of airdrop ability from iPhone to iPhone because they're cutting the service down. And this is the way the protesters are communicating with each other. What does the White House, what do you say to Apple about helping the Chinese government to keep their people under control? Look, in general, and we've uh, been clear about this all around the world, we uh, uh, we want the individual citizens, uh, no matter what government they live under, to be able to communicate freely and openly. Trans- I guess unless you're a Canadian trucker or you're a doctor about misinformation or blah, 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 right? Like, you know, same point. Since I paused it, you want to say something? Yeah, or you, you know, had a question about uh, any election ever or happened yeah, right. to be in Washington, D.C. on January 6th or right. have an opinion at all that falls outside of the allowable parameters of conversation. Yeah. Right. You know, and we can ignore the fact that the FBI worked with Apple in the past to point out other things. You know, that's okay, though. These are bad ones, though. You know, this overlap is so insulting, and I can't stand that people actually dive into this. But it is important to see, though, that they are picking and choosing, even though you can point out the hypocrisy. Right. So one of these are okay. And if you have comments, I don't we don't get into it deep today, but comments about the China overlap. I do have some comments about how a lot of this does seem to be taken out of context, manipulated, but it is very clearly happening. China is obviously an authoritarian government, and they're obviously abusing their people for the same reason our government was doing. And I find it very telling that the government is kind of like, la, 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 like we're not going to point out what they're doing with their COVID restrictions, even though if Iran sneezes too hard, they scream about it. You know, it's, it's just very, but China, I don't know. It's very confusing. You want to comment now or keep going? No, I'll, I'll hold my thoughts till, okay. till the next time we pause. Transparently and reliably, uh, and we've uh, we've made that clear with respect to Iran, and we certainly continue to make that clear here with respect but to have China. You made that clear now, look, to Apple, Apple, Apple <laughs> Apple's a private company, Martha. They have to make uh, decisions, and uh, they have to speak for those decisions. But but here at the White House, here in the administration, we want to see that that individual citizens, whether they're protesting or not, uh, but in this case, I know that's the context we're talking about, are, are able to communicate freely and openly. But why not say something to Apple? Because we were just told the other day that the White House is keeping an eye on Elon Musk and Twitter. So why would you say that from the podium? You didn't say it, but Karine Jean-Pierre said it. And not call Apple out for helping the Chinese government to suppress their own people's ability to communicate. Uh, Again, I think we've been very clear and consistent on on this. Go ahead. This is... uh... The same Biden administration and the Trump administration and the Obama administration all uh, encouraged or directly ordered the Internet and communications to be shut down in multiple countries all over the world when it was convenient for them. This is Mm -hmm. just very recently when they put Elliot Abrams in charge of the Central and South American policy during the Trump administration. They immediately went back to we're going to go ahead and play games with the electricity in Honduras and Nicaragua, Venezuela. We're going to cut the power. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We saw the exact same thing happen in, uh, in the Donetsk uh, right before they were going to uh, vote on their referendum. 
Iran was uh, an example too, right? They made, they caused major yeah. blackouts in Iran. I mean, they, they brag they about do this. It. Yeah, I mean, this, again, with Syria, like we were talking about earlier, right. and like Billy was talking about today, there are parts of there are major towns in Syria that were feeling pretty good about having two hours of electricity on and four hours off, and now they're down to about a half an hour of electricity on for about a twelve-hour span of time. They are only allowed thirty liters of petrol when they go pick up which uh is around 10 gallons 11 gallons uh, which for people who don't know which is everything which is heating cooking their food for most people in theory i mean it's it's, yeah uh, Yeah. and And meanwhile they're stealing wheat or burning wheat fields and stealing oil on the surface i mean it's just this is so hypocritical in every way yeah 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 so i mean kirby it's amazing it's amazing that he can keep his eyes going the same direction while talking out of multiple sides of his mouth at the same time seriously i mean you really know but is. but and her point is, is is correct though right i mean that it okay is. so how are you not going to point out that apple is doing that and obviously it's for a self-serving reason and it's already all it's private company you know foreign mm-hmm. foreign governments and she makes this point okay well china and apple okay and then twitter it, well, oh, I maybe he hasn't made this point yet. I think I'm jumping ahead. I watched earlier. Let's, let's finish playing it. Uh, certainly publicly, we've been very open about uh, our desires to be able to see citizens communicate. Uh, and, and, you know, Apple, uh, if this is a decision that they- <laughs> our desire to see them communicate, like what a strange way to say that. Just, <sighs> yeah, anyway, <laughs> they're making them. Uh, they should have to speak to that. But uh, we, you know, we're not we can't. And we aren't in the business of of telling private companies how to to execute uh, their their initiatives. Yeah, but Twitter's oh, a private company too. Since so when? why is Twitter getting one treatment and Apple's getting another? Is my question. Well, these are completely two different circumstances. You're talking about the potential. Well, you're talking about the uh, the potential for perhaps uh, foreign <laughs> investment and involvement uh, in the management of Twitter. That's a different issue than. What we're talking about here, which is a business decision by Apple with respect to how one of their uh, applications is being well, utilized. Are you serious? Like, I can't even believe he tried to make that argument. I mean, obviously, <laughs> we're going to pretend, first of all, that you're going to you're trying to deal with Twitter because of foreign investment. So the Saudi having the leading stake in this before Elon took over wasn't a problem. Right. But now right. it's the same thing. And now it's a problem. They're using that as an excuse, as you know, to argue that it's more about allowing things to be said on Twitter, if that's even what's really happening. But then it's a business decision for Apple to do what the Chinese government asked them to do and censoring people. I mean, what's even his argument? How is the application being used to? I mean, isn't he the one arguing they should be allowed to speak to each other? But yet it's a business decision to. to I mean, I, I can't believe he's not spinning in circles when he's saying this. Like, this doesn't even make sense to me. Ah, go ahead. <laughs> what, what I do, what I love about all of this, though, is um, you take one step back from all of it. And what Kirby's basically admitting is that at any point, if they wanted to, the United States government could go after or charge any of these companies for violating any one of many rules that they have. Any law, you know, many, many different laws and that all of these corporations, uh, especially where social media and big tech are concerned, are not just uh, contracted by multiple world governments, but are integral parts of the day to day operations of multiple world governments, which then as, like, leads to the question, well, who walks which dog? Do you know what I mean? So uh, it's in terms of 
you know, nation states being things that exist and have individual autonomy. I'm not sure that we we even get to live under that fallacy anymore. Yeah, that's a great point, too. I mean, and that's the, I mean, we've watched regime change after regime change. And we, you know, at this point, is it just a bunch of vassal states operating underneath a, you know, just like it has been throughout history? You know, I mean, I mean, you think you may be right now, whether there was a brief moment in there where it was actually the way it was. And we've seen the bad people in the world, you know, the sociopaths and psychopaths take over once again, or it was just all in a lie to begin with. It's hard to say. But, you know, as always, people may not want to hear things like that. And I'm not saying that's the case, but. If it's the truth, if it's the reality, wouldn't you rather have the reality than a, you know, veneered, whatever you want to call it? You know what I mean? Like, that's where I'm at. And I think you're right. I think we're watching. I mean, you can make examples like Saudi Arabia itself is a great example. Historically, you could point at a lot of these places that might not be what they appear to be, you know. But to your overall point, as it relates to this, it it's wildly hypocritical to pretend like this is not exactly what they've done 50,000 times provably around the world, you know. <laughs> And they're getting influenced by, the, by a foreign government, uh, and that government is talking about here, which is a business decision by Apple with respect to how one of their uh, applications is being well, utilized. Certainly Those they're getting influenced by, the, by a foreign government, uh, and that government is China. And Apple's no, policies, look, they've changed policies specifically for China when it comes to what they put on their phones. Right. I mean, and that I seems think, like something Apple, that the White House ought to be able to keep an eye on. I th certainly think that's a fair question to ask Apple and, 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 and try to un and make them uh, communicate why they did this. But I'm asking, uh, has we... the White House done that? Have you reached out to them as a matter of national security? I got to say, I really do like the way that she's not, you know, like a lot of times these people are a little bit too passive and I let them talk back over them. Like, I love how she just keeps speaking right over the top of him because he's he gets as, I mean, I don't usually see Kirby flustered ever. And I think this is like the, the flustered Kirby, in my opinion, the way he, oh, yeah. you know, he doesn't know what to say in the beginning. And it's like, that's, it's rare for him. He's usually pretty, pretty measured in these things. And I love it because he knows he's lying. Like, but that's their job though. They're supposed to lie in the right way. You know, well, this has always been my complaint about the spokes weasels for the administration, which no matter which one they are, is that we all know that their job is to come out and lie. Yeah, at the very, very, very least, why can't you bring us competent, confident <laughs> liars who are right. good at their jobs? You know, right. I mean, these people, the, all this woman had to do was ask a couple of rational questions and put on some angry eyebrows, eyebrows, you know, like yeah. that. And that's it. And he crumbled because yeah. he doesn't see that in the press room. Right. Well, exactly. And that's the thing. And basic questions bring this whole thing down. Like, well, what about comparison to Saudi Arabia and Iran? It's crickets, you know, and then like, you know, you can see the cane yank the guy off the stage, basically. You know, it's like, get him out of there. We, who, who asked that question? You're not welcome back in here anymore, you know? And it's, it's got kind of what we're seeing here, I think. Since we obviously have national yeah. security concerns with China, who they seem to be aiding sure in do. this process. Sure. I don't have any communications to speak to specifically with Apple executives. Again, it's a private company. Uh, they make these policies and they should have to answer for that. What we want to see is that citizens are, are reliably able to communicate, whether it's a time of crisis or not. Yeah, but you, I, I go back to the same thing because we were just told that the White House will keep an eye on Twitter because they're concerned about the new Twitter 2.0 said the worst spokeswoman in history for the White House, right? <laughs> he set, set him up so they can knock him down, right? She always says the wrong thing, it seems. No, that Elon Musk is in, putting in where he wants more free speech on Twitter. So they're going to keep an eye on Twitter, and yet you're taking a hands-off... And my point right there, right? Because we know that, don't we? I, mm. I mean, this is the... I, I Actually, I forgot I was going to include a different clip for the, the Twitter segment, but, I mean, that's what Fox News is doing right now. 
it is, you know, because Elon is trying to save the world for free speech. Like, maybe, like, how do these journalists pretend to stand here and tell us it's the same damn point they make about everything else? Do you know what Elon feels and thinks? Did he sign an affidavit saying that's what he's going to do? You just, he's saying that, and you just choose to buy him at face value. These are children we're talking about. Like, if you can't acknowledge that, at the very least, be like, we believe he's going to do this. But nope, that's the fact. And anybody arguing otherwise is hating free speech. The, the two-party paradigm is such a flaming joke to me these days. It's gotten worse than ever, I think. But I think uh, well, Because they can attach it to anything, whether or not it's political. They can attach it to anyone, whether or not it's their politics. Yeah. And all you have to do is scream it loud for a couple of days or a couple of hours. And then people just kind of assume that that's how it is. It's that's how you, watered down our, our critical thinking is because a lot of, exactly. and I don't want to paint it with too broad of a brush. I know that, you know, there, there are millions and millions of people that don't think and act like that, but it's, well, what, I tend to, I tend to say that in context of the paradigm, like either, again, I argue the majority of people are even in like we're on the peripheral of this at this moment, at this point. Right. So I, when I say most, I'm talking about the people in the two party paradigm, usually, yeah. you know, and at that same point there. But, yeah, I, th I think it's it's just it's so obvious these days. And I think the point of her just to say that to him as if, you know, well, well, he's fighting for free speech. So, you know, and it's just like that's just not a rational argument from an, from a person that's being objective, you know, but I think people are really starting to see this today. Thank God. Approach. You say there's been no communication with Tim Cook at Apple said, about this process in China with the Chinese government. Martha, I'm not aware that there's been any conversations uh, specifically with Apple on this particular issue. It's a private company. And as for Twitter, again, Martha, these are apples and oranges. We're talking about potential foreign investment issues, and I have nothing to report in terms of any investigations in that regard. But that was the general concern with respect to, to Mr. Musk's uh, purchase of Twitter. Uh, this is a different issue. This is a policy issue inside of Apple. Uh, they, they both involve foreign governments, I would argue. Um, so, you know, we can circle back around on that. I want to ask you one more question here, and we're going to get to this a little bit later as well. Elon Musk has just come out and said, uh, and, and by the way, I just want to point out that Elon Musk helped protesters in Iran and in Ukraine by getting Starlink up and working. So he did the absolute opposite of wow. what Tim Cook at Apple is doing. Wow. Right now. Go for it. Wow. No, well, okay. In the first place, China or at least the country of China and the Chinese government ultimately in partnership with the, the owners of the factories make Apple's phones. I mean, Apple kind of is incentivized to do nice things and work in contingent with the Chinese government in the first place. Otherwise you're going to have to pick up their entire operation, right? And move it somewhere else. And that's not been factored into this discussion at all. But I mean, Elon Musk the hero right gave starlink capability to the ukraine to ukraine and to iran and because they're fighting for freedom is the narrative right clearly because they're protesters fighting for freedom like i can't even believe she worked that in <laughs> maybe just... maybe starlink overwrote the segment yeah, yeah right, exactly i mean you know like how are you even going to pretend first of all protesters what are we talking about you're talking about Old, I mean, even according to the corporate media at this point, extremist individuals, they argue it's not all of them, though. But regardless, that you're allowing them to have this power, which has been shown to have been used to kill people in Donbass. 
right? That's okay, though, because freedom, because Elon. You know, th there's, there's no logic or thought process there. We're just supposed to think Ukraine's the right thing to do, even though, by the way, as far as I can tell, almost most or at least a lot of conservatives don't feel that way, sort of like promoting the vaccine. They don't feel that way. So this is, this is my point about the illusion of all this now. It's a lot, a lot of it's changing very rapidly. But even going back to the other side of it, it was uh, Iran. Right. Again, you're talking about a false protest that's been proven to at least be outside influenced by, by uh, specifically, I think it was Saudi, UK and US entities and specifically. Well, anyway, go ahead. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? No, no. Fin finish your thought real quick. I got I got sidetracked for a second. OK, that's no, OK. Well, so bottom line is that ultimately she's using this to comparatively say that, well, here he helped these protesters in Iran. Right. Which was based on the the death of a woman in custody who died of cardiac arrest, had no evidence of any beating or torture, which, by the way, is now with the corporate media is actually, they're just cutting out the part where they say tortured and beaten up. They just say she died in custody because the proof has been shown that she wasn't beaten or tortured. So yet that was the entire impetus of all of this women's rights, right? Mm. And so the point, well, and I'm not going to argue that Iranian government doesn't have many faults and problems that you could point out just like all the rest of the governments and that, you know, their morality police is... I've gone over all this. There's all sorts of problems, but largely misunderstood. But you're going to point at that and say that he's supporting the freedom protest because you've chosen a side. Same with Ukraine. Right. But now, how is that different then in this context? The only difference is that you've chosen a side. Like, again, is it that childish? Am I the only one that sees? So you're yeah. saying that it's good because he fought for the right side. But China is working with Apple to do the bad guy side. So, but even, but that doesn't even make sense because they're the ones fighting against the suppression. Like, <laughs> like, I feel like I'm spinning when you talk about these things. It doesn't make sense. And I don't think even their own arguments connect when you look at the whole picture. I mean, am I wrong? They, they don't connect, but the, let's, I, they're not, the, the target audience for this is not us. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's not, it's not meant for people who are going to look at it and listen to all of it and go, wait a minute, that makes sense. What, what you're supposed to hear are whatever you've been, you know, neurolinguistically programmed to respond to as a mm -hmm. trigger word. And if you hear, you know, Elon did this, this, and this, and it's framed as good, then, and you're wired to believe Elon good, then you're going to be like, oh, well, the Biden administration's double stupid for not going after Apple because they're already going after our guy. And if they're going after our guy, they should be going after everybody. And it just, it, makes it even more childish it just becomes more and more reductive or more and more playgroundish the further you extrapolate it mm -hmm. because it's not rooted in sense it, there's it, every possibility in the world that they throw john kirby out on whatever is it kirby out on these shows because there needs to be some sort of uh you know back and forth within the the framework of we can now control even the arguments around these the further reductive arguments around right. these conversations right can, just for a funny moment of consideration imagine kjp trying to work her way through this conversation without her book in front of her <laughs> i would be that'd be pretty bad but i mean i think again it just i think it breaks down to the most obvious thing that on one side of this you're saying that elon did this he stepped in he helped protesters and i guess the counterbalance they're saying is that china is not helping the protesters but either way you're simply talking about action through technology to influence what's happening 
And as long as it's the right thing in their mind, then it's all good. You know, so what we need to see as the average person that can see through the paradigm is that what it amounts to is promoting the idea of using your technology to influence your action. As long as they okay with, they're okay with it, then it's the right thing to do. I mean, it is as clear as that to me. Yeah, and they, you know, he'll say nice things about, oh, well, the protesters in the countries we like should be able right. to have their speech, whereas we need uh, intervention on the part of Elon Musk or whomever, you know, Jeff Bezos or whatever. Right. You can't have platforms. You can't run your platforms in Russia. You can't give people in Russia a voice. You can't have RT operate in America anymore. Right. You can, you know, things like that. Like we've got to do that. We've got Julian Assange locked away. That's fine. You know, it doesn't, that speech Crazy. that we, we don't need, but people that we're trying to actively support in a regime change operation, those are the voices that America needs to hear right now. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I think that's the, the craziest part about it is they're allowing these people to be suppressed. If you look at it like that, if that's what's happening while they're being locked down, locked in homes and whatever else, you know, and again, gigantic grain of salt there. Like I can't suss out which one of these are real and not. I do believe a lot of this, first of all, is China capable of everything we're seeing. I don't doubt that for a second. I mean, we've seen them take these actions, the government, many times. But let's not forget that in the beginning of the COVID narrative, almost as far as I understand it, the vast majority of what we saw pumping out of that was shown to be false. Old videos, altered information. Not that all of it was false because we know they did take some pretty crazy action. But why now all of a sudden that everyone just jumps right back in because Posobiec said so, right? I mean, all these anti-China people are like, look, 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 bad stuff. And everyone's like, oh, China bad. And I just, I think, and not everybody, my point again in paradigm, I just think it's, yeah. we need to be careful, you know, because the same things are happening again, you know? Let's finish this. Well, oh, go ahead, yeah. go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Real but I want to get your uh, attention to this. He says uh, the obvious reality, as longtime users know, is that Twitter has failed in trust and safety for a very long time and has interfered in elections. Twitter 2.0 will be far more effective, transparent and even handed. He's been talking about what he calls the everything app. Right. Which, by the way, is yes. still ranking and removing hate speech. Just <clears throat> that's important for the show today that he already talked about that in his presentation opening up the communications that existed between entities, perhaps even the U.S. government, perhaps even the White House and Twitter about suppressing the Hunter Biden story. Are you concerned at all? Are you aware of any communications between uh, the government and Twitter to say, put a put a handle on this story? And it was suppressed. We know that Facebook said that there was interaction between some government yeah. officials and them about being very cautious about this Hunter Biden story right before the election. Before he answers, like, this is what I always want to point. Do you really think he's going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, they did. You got us. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just this is your point. These people are paid to get up there and obfuscate. You know, so it's like this whole fake back and forth. It's like, what do you really think he's going to say right there? Their line is what they publicly put out in their press statement. So he's going to toe that line. Simple, right? But if, listen to what he says and you can comment on it. I'm certainly not aware of any conversations or dialogue in, in that respect, Martha. No. Shocking. Shocking. Did you expect that? <laughs> wow. Now, you know, but the point is the Hunter Biden point. She, that's a good point, right? He's admitting yeah. that they did this. So what do you think about that? Inter election interference, suppressing the laptop and so on. It's I, I mean, what it seems like is, is that as long as enough time has passed, you're allowed to admit just about anything. 
mm-hmm. you know, and that it fuels the divide. If you can just sort of, I don't know, casually and smugly shrug off the fact that you colluded with multiple media outlets and social media companies to suppress information that may have altered the course of a presidential election. I can, even I can though, promise you that it did, but to what degree, right? Yeah, even though that was one of your whole attack points for the better part of four years going after Donald Trump, mm-hmm. you know, it. Yeah, yeah, I, I really do. I think that, that a lot of this is just meant to for add more fuel to the people who, you know, watch this stuff and think it's real. And yes. think that they need to invest emotion and their attention and their resources into working within this system to to reform it or change it or something like that. As, as usual, your mind is in, in, in the same direction as mine at this point. And this is kind of the point that all this is here for today, right? The idea that, you know, division and creating the very divide as always that right now, the whole point about this is painting people, even if nothing has changed, that are now on Twitter to be these kind of people or rather the ones, you know, it's, it's creating the situation that they're not going to justify to arrest for hate speech, to put people in jail for misinformation, all the stuff we're going to talk about next. Let me finish this out and then we'll probably just jump to that. So, you know, what do you say about the fact that he says that there was interference in the election? Because I know that the president has been very passionate about threats to democracy and right. freedom in our elections. So if, if he's saying there's a concern that Twitter has interfered in elections, I would assume that would be a concern of, of yours and the White House's as well. Well, certainly we want to make sure that our elections are free and fair and open and transparent. And uh, any blah, threat blah, to that blah. obviously is a concern of ours. I'm not aware of exactly what Mr. Musk is speaking about here. I look forward to getting more information about that so we can better understand uh, what he's alleging here. Uh, but obviously we want our elections to be free and fair and open. And we know that social media in general uh, was capitalized on from the Russians in particular in 2016. And they tried it uh, in 2018 and they attempted to do it again. In, uh, in 2020, and they claimed that they were working uh, to try to interfere with our election th- that we just had, the midterm. Oh, did they? So, so we're they always that. watchful for foreign <laughs> interference, and certainly social media is a venue through which bad actors right. can try to do that, but I'm just not familiar enough with what Mr. Okay. Musk is talking about here. My All God. right, no, no doubt, but you're, you're not suggesting that the Hunter Biden story was Russian disinformation, to be clear. Uh, I, 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 I'm, yes. I'm not suggesting anything. Look, look, uh, uh, yeah, exactly what you were doing at the end there, right? And the point is, he just, no, no, I'm not doing anything. I'm going to leave now, you know, and it's, it's just so incredible that they can even still try to make that argument, right? I mean, whether we're talking about Russiagate, the, the, the laptop, any of it, it's mind-blowing. that. They, but the whole point was that you know, we don't know what he's talking about, even though you guys have literally made this argument before this conversation. But he's, he's baffled. He's confused, right? I don't know if you're aware of it or not, but you mimic the body language that he was doing where he was literally like doing the ha cha cha, you know, kind of thing about and just I'm going here, here. Just he's really doing everything but throwing a smoke bomb at the end. It's, yeah, it's it's bad. I mean, that's my that's my point about and that's actually why the person coined that as that tweet. Right. Saying this is one of the hardest broadcast. Because you're right. Because Kirby, if you understand, it's not meant to be a comp. I mean, I guess it's a compliment in the sense that he's composed. Right. Other than that, I think he's just as dangerous as the rest of them. But he's pretty composed in most most of his career where he's even with hard things. But he's pretty flustered right there. And you can just tell it's kind of like because the point is, you know, he knows that he's completely lying. Like there's not even some kind of like 
it just, he's just saying the opposite of what the truth is, you know, and this is how clear most of this is. But the point is the contradiction, the fact that all of it comes down to technology and how it's influencing our ability to function or our lives in general. And uh, as uh, Majid Nawaz points out, CNN reports on far right anti-vaxxers and conspiracy theorists protesting in China against COVID health regulations. Oh, wait, uh, checks notes. We call them freedom freedom protests when they're not in the West protesting against similar policies that our government implemented. Right. Like literally, it's amazing that they will look at that and call that one thing and, call, and point at what's happening here and say something else. You know, just the same point. I just want to include that because that's CNN for the most part. Same example. Hypocrites. Europe's loud, rule-breaking, unvaccinated minority are falling out of society. At the heart of China's protests against COVID, zero COVID, young people cry for freedom. <laughs> I, I'm just speechless about that. I mean, it really, that says everything right there. You know, just how ridiculous it is. I'm... <laughs> It's it. I think that you have to get this heavy-handed in the narrative management and in the the regime change operations themselves, because we really are at a point to where uh, the the lock on people's ability to uh, or the government's ability to funnel information has been kind of broken. You know, oh, I mean, yeah. or, and, and you know, there was a severe clampdown period about a year ago, and it had uh, the the opposite effect to where mm-hmm. even more people started looking into other sources for media, where suddenly, like, you can only hit somebody over the head with doing your own research is stupid, <laughs> but like it. Did anybody wow. ever take that at face value? I mean, that's just an ignorant statement. <laughs> it, and it amazes me that people were hurling it like it was some sort of an insult. What do you do? Think for yourself. Those are dumb people, though. Not even to be insulting. Like, literally, somebody who would argue that doing your own research because they were told that phrase means X, Y, and Z is bad. I mean, that's it's about as ignorant as you can get that doesn't mean that people don't have book smarts right but the people when you're talking about ignorance like they're choosing to remain ignorant or they're just blind to something because of whatever else it's it's mind-blowing you know because i mean we're all taught growing up that it's important to do your research whether research is the term you're using right do your due diligence right don't just you know i mean there's a million different ways you could say that the point is we all know historically we're taught the opposite and then it comes down to you know only conspiracy theorists do their own research or you know you have to listen to what we say about it otherwise you're breaking the law and you know julian assange and so on it's just absolutely crazy it's an, an endless exercise in testing people's uh limits on allowable hypocrisy Right. And, and here's, here's a good example of that. And this is the funny part about this when kind of I, we, we I was going to get into the Alex Jones part of this with yay, but I just for time wise we can if you want. I feel like we'll just take up a large part of the conversation. And frankly, probably I find it to be the, the least important part of what we're going to get into today. <laughs> but it's very interesting. and I'll probably talk about it in my next show. But well, we'll see. We'll see where I go, because I feel like that. Anyway, I'll, the point is to finish up the foreign policy stuff. I wanted to point out this, that this is what just happened as of the 26th. Taiwan's president. Tsai Ing-wen, I believe, probably mispronouncing it, resigns as party leader after local election loss. I thought that was pretty interesting. The reason being is that this is essentially her, this is the person, uh, let me just jump to the point where it's basically saying uh, voters in Taiwan overwhelmingly chose the opposition Nationalist Party in several major races across the self-ruled island on Saturday in Taiwan, in which an election 
in which lingering concerns about threats from China took a backseat to more local issues. Right. The point is that they'd spoken out of many times. The other the, the candidate that the U.S. was backing about opposing China and defending Taiwan. However, the people who spoke who won were talking about things that the local people cared about. Right. And the bottom line is that the people showed that they cared more about their local problems than what they were focusing on from the larger discussion. Right. And this is so ultimately the people spoke and said, they, not that, I'm not going to say they don't care about the China discussion, but they care far more about their own personal problems than a universal U.S. placed problem over the top of their world. And I think this is hilarious because before this happened, guess what CNN was saying? Taiwan vote in local elections build as message for China and the world. Well, guess what? Message received. They don't agree with you. Right. right. Just, what an interesting ser- series of events that didn't get much discussion because it's just like with the Cuba point where they go, everybody agrees with us because this is what everybody thinks. And then when it comes to actual reality, the people don't actually agree, but they won't change their narrative. But it just shows you get these brief insights where you can see the truth. The people don't want what they're selling. Interesting. Well, and this is going to play out pretty interesting going forward with Taiwan, especially because the the GOP Congress, majority Congress, and the fact that there's probably going to be a more um, anti-China as opposed to anti-Ukraine or anti-pro-Ukraine, anti-Russia uh, contingent running around taking up most of the the rhetorical oxygen, if not the actual military might force Mm -hmm. over the next two to six years um it'll be interesting to see what their brand of taiwanese nationalism looks like especially in how it relates to to you know because i think um what's his name kevin mccarthy was talking about sending some people over to taiwan uh just a few days ago of course you make it yeah well again i point out the idea that it's mccarthy of all things but the, the interesting point though is that this, I mean, I'm actually really surprised that I haven't seen calls for that the election was cheated, that they stole the election or it was a fraudulent election, which happens like literally every single time they don't get what they want around the world. Every time, right? From every possible angle, even when the U.S. isn't involved, the their vassal states do the same game, right? It's like, oh, they stole it, it cheated. And ever, ever since, I mean, far back as I can look at this point. So I'm surprised it didn't happen there. So it makes me not to play this game. I'm not saying it proves it, but it makes me wonder whether this is what they wanted to happen and so on. You know, like it's one of those questions, right? But it, it's hard to sell you that because it seems like it kind of blew up in their face a little bit, right? When CNN bills it as like the message to the world and they come out and say, well, we care more about our things than your game with China. And so it's kind of like, I don't know. I just find it to be very interesting. It'll be interesting to watch how that goes forward because Taiwan's whole dynamic, it really exposes some of the hypocrisy about Donbass or Palestine or any number of things where it's the same deal, except that Taiwan hasn't necessarily gone through the legal channels to declare this and so on. But it's much more complicated than people understand usually. But it's simple when it comes down to the hypocrisy about what one matters and one doesn't. But to, to well, I, I mean, especially if you consider that the U.S. has been um, adding or removing Taiwan to the one China status uh, as it benefits their own personal, you know, right. uh, either military expansionism or campaign rhetoric or, hey, we need to capture a news cycle for a day. Right. Which I which, know like, the overarching point is that they don't care about any of these people. They just use them as their to achieve their end in the moment, i.e. the Kurds over and over and over. Right. When you keep seeing these people, I don't know why they keep be, let themselves being used. But in Syria, we, we asked Beely that this morning, too. Mm-hmm. We did. Pasta was like, what is it? Why do the Kurds just keep? 
doing this over and over. And Billy's like, well, I mean, people are dumb, you know, <laughs> and, well, and they just, do get they do get a lot of benefit from it when they're in the spotlight. That's clear. One hundred percent. And then, well, and I looked at I looked at pasta. And I was like, how many times does your government lie to you before your sense of skepticism kick? Good. In? great point right you could bring it home for exactly plenty of people that give them benefit of the doubt or keep voting over and over and over right it's kind of the same game yeah Yeah. it's also important to realize that as robert covered the predominant aspect of what's happening in iran is kurdish and and mek right so it's just you know and that girl that works for the cia no 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 big deal there no don't mind the man behind the curtain you know it's it's just silly how obvious most of this is well, but and then the you combine that with the the couple of bombings in Istanbul. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh where they Benny blatantly Clinton. called them out on it and said we're not gonna, we're not going to get scared back, which pretty big deal. Although it, it really looks more like that was a, a Mossad thing than a CIA, but I, you could argue whether or not there's necessarily a difference. Well, I mean, I yeah, good point. I actually think that's exactly what like I think that's what Turkey was calling out. Because, I mean, I think ultimately that's the biggest thing. They, they've always had that little, you know, like the, the it's, it's, it's an interesting part to see that they're all part of the NATO alliance, essentially. Right. Even though Israel does whatever it wants, whenever it wants. But that Turkey constantly kind of goes afoul of that and barely mm. gets pointed out for it. It's very interesting how that works. Syria or even in Ukraine or what was the last one I just saw? Anyway, in any case, they do it. They do it all the time. But, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see. And I do think that Israel is the primary factor in that personally. That, but so th- and th- speaking of <laughs> talking about Ukraine and I do maybe like, let's just see if we can't finish this out. I've got about an hour left. So let's see if we can't get through this and include this part of it. Now, this is from AZ, AZ geopolitics saying, quote, and this is the, I won't play it, but this is NATO saying we will not back down. Just think about the language that of, of that. So you're not even necessarily NATO. They, I'll jump the gun here. This is what's yeah. happening now. NATO chief says door is open to Ukraine. The very thing that they screamed would never happen. Well, as I tweeted, the, what was once con- Russian conspiracy theory now is conspiracy reality, right? Mm-hmm. But the point being that he's saying we will not back down at a time when they're not technically NATO yet or weren't supposed to be. But you're literally saying we won't back down as if this is your war already. The point is the facade is already gone, guys. This was always a NATO thing. It was always a Western agenda, U.S. predominantly, to make this happen, that it's undeniable. And I think what's alarming to see that they're now winging, oh yeah, come on into NATO, which was a gigantic red line for Putin before all this, like for, for a very long time now, along with everything else, bringing weapons close to the border and so on. And all of it's happening now. And they act like it's all Putin's fault. They, as I, I'm going to grab this, one of these clips, go ahead and comment then if you want. Well, I mean, it's, it, it's just, I think that they're at the point now to where they're ready to say, well, yes, this is a, a NATO conflict uh do something do something are you gonna protest at home are you are you wait a minute kanye said something crazy you know could talk about that uh are you gonna tell us that you don't want us to get the entirety of europe uh plunged back into the pre-industrial age just so that we can score a few more overall market share points in liquid natural gas are you crazy (laughs) we're gonna do that we're gonna what are you gonna stop us yeah. So, I mean, I think it's uh, uh, I'm kind of a little bit more happy when they drop the pretense. I really I mean, am. Yeah. For, see, from our perspective, I would agree because it's like, OK, good. At least they're saying the reality, you know, as opposed to lying and doing something else. But for the average person, it's it's kind of shocking. Right. It's like, well, wait a minute. 
you know, because I mean, here, here, this is the, an important tweet where you make this uh, happy sandwich makes this point. And this is a little thread pointing out where they're saying, oh, Russia's ultimately responsible for the Poland blast. Ridiculous. But he's saying if we didn't keep putting anti-ballistic missile systems closer and closer to Russia's border, it's like we just it's like we were just daring them to do something about it. And we act all surprised when we finally did something about it. And this is a clip from 2016 where Putin is making these arguments right about about Ukraine, about everything. And these are gigantic red lines that were that it, in the way this usually goes. You know, these are red lines that are drawn and you arguably respect those, you know, because it's war and so on. But the U.S. continually blatantly crosses these, like even going back to Gorbachev and Soviet Union. Right? We know they keep doing this. And they act like, whoa, what do you mean? We're just fighting for freedom. You know, it's really childish. Now, I'm not saying that Putin and his government aren't doing something to benefit themselves in this context. But ultimately, the point is they made this happen and they and they're public about that at this point. Now, they just argue that he's the one that started it, even though you can prove that's not true. Blah, blah, blah. But it brings us to the point to where they're now saying, well, because of your actions, even though they drove that to happen, now we're going to let him in NATO. Right. Problem, action, solution. Right. We weren't going to do it before. We promised. But now because of what you did, based on what we did, now we're going to do what we promised we wouldn't. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a sitcom. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Well, if you wouldn't have done that thing that I made you do, then I wouldn't have to do the thing that I'm about to do to you for doing that thing. Yeah, it's silly. But here, this is the leader of the EU admitting actually well, they we got caught where they, they censored part of it where she's admitting that a hundred thousand ukrainian military officers have been killed so far and all these different things and then when they said oh we don't want you to say that they she actually edited her video and put it back up we don't have to play it but the point is that they're essentially calling out what they what the ukraine government has been lying about and it just continues to happen this way now on the nazi <laughs> element of this here's an interesting point this corn pop corn pop that's funny he says try to create a ukrainian folk hero who isn't a nazi challenge this is a, a, a daily mail article and you can find this everywhere a teenage girl soldier hailed as ukraine's joan of arc which is true by el magazine is now revealed as a neo-nazi and is arrested over cop killing this is her mm-hmm. you know and it's just amazing that these people actually pretend this isn't happening and are getting caught for it even though they're actually trying to hide it like the cnn is uh zig heil clip where they got forced out of the area because they were in there proving that they were being lied to it's mind-blowing right so this I was merely waving to my aunt yes right hailing a cab or whatever right and this <laughs> this this brings us to the very interesting thing that is literally everywhere today it's trending every second and it's constantly i mean you can't look at any social media today without seeing this now i honestly don't want to spend that much time on this i kind of don't feel like i mean this seems ridiculous, to be quite honest, but the point is, uh, on Alex Jones, which in a very strange, I don't, I don't see anybody explaining why he's in like a black hood, which is very, very weird to me. So I'm assuming this is yay. He sounds like him saying, you're, Alex Jones says, you're not Hitler. You're not a Nazi. And then yay says, well, I see good things about Hitler also. Every human being has value that we brought to the table, especially Hitler. Now, what's interesting to me is let's start off with this in the important part. Does he have a right to say that? Yes. Right. If we're actually talking about free speech, he has a right to say whatever he wants to say. Personal opinion. I don't agree with that. I mean, look, I, I, and you, you can argue whatever you want. You can argue that everybody has done good things in certain, but I don't, I think ultimately we're talking about a person based on, uh, let's be clear, based on what we think we believe about history, which these days could mean anything that this person was not somebody who you can say you did good and blah, 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 whatever. The point is you have a right to think what you want and that's free speech. But the interesting part about this is the way that he went so hard about this 
mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and like triples down and, and, and literally makes Alec Jones look uncomfortable <laughs> because he's just, he like reiterates and he's like, no, 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 but Nazis are good. And I'm like, well, I'll, I'll just play them really quickly. And, it, and it's really interesting to see how this went down. Now it could be set up in a way to, I, I kind of think whether this was everybody involved or not, this is creating the perception of the exact thing I've been calling out the MAGA all, you know, whether it's focused on Jewish people or just like terrorist, white supremacy, whatever, everybody now is going, we knew it. We knew it. You know, the people in the left paradigm, they're all Nazis. And he just said it. And Alex Jones didn't even push back as if that represents everybody in a movement. Right. So you want to comment first? You want to play it first? I no, I just, I'm so, so grateful to be alive in this timeline. <laughs> it's, it's pretty crazy. Here, I'll just do it like this. You're not a Nazi. You don't deserve to be called that and demonized. Well, I I see I I see good things about Hitler also. The Jew I love everyone and Jewish people are not going to tell me you can love um you know us and you can love what we're doing to you with the contracts and you can love what we're you know what we're pushing with the pornography. But this guy that invented highways, invented the very microphone that I use as a musician. You can't say out loud that this person ever did anything good. And I'm done with that. I'm done with the classifications. Every human being has something of value that they brought to the table. Now, now let's take this from a wildly objective point, right? And say, okay, like, let's just say we're going to take somebody else in history. That's just a horrible person, you know, whatever, pick one. And could you argue that person in this moment did something that benefits X, Y, and Z? Sure. Right. I'm not saying that. But the point is, you could. The point is that, again, does he have a right to say it? Yes. But the bottom line is he's going about this in a way to argue that this person who did argue, you know, the history about this person did all these bad things and saying it in a way that almost feels impossible to defend. I mean, am I wrong? Like, I mean, well, what do you think? No, you're not, because, okay, does he have a right to say it? Yes. Did Hitler invent the microphone? No. I, yeah, mean, I, like, I don't even know did, about that. I was, did I Hitler think invent highways? No. Hitler did not. Did Hitler add concrete to some existing things? Did his public works people come up with the Autobahn? Yes, absolutely. 100%. Is that the invention of the highway system? I don't know. I really don't. But are the civil engineers who drew it up... Adolf Hitler or is Adolf Hitler ultimately responsible for the credit for that? I also don't, you know, like it's it's sort of irrelevant really to to the, Oh, good. Well, I mean, but just my point is if you're going to defend somebody and then you're going to turn around and be like, because they invented the microphone, Mm -hmm. you know, like maybe check to see. Yeah. Right. But doesn't that speak to the main point, though? Like it, it, the idea, like, for instance, like, as I said last time, and he does continue to make these arguments that all Jewish people X, Y and Z. And that's just dumb. I mean, that's that's ignorant. Now, I don't care if you think it's ninety nine point nine 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 percent in this person. That's still wrong, then, isn't it? Right. The argument being, as usual, that this is in my, the, the truth, that this is a Zionist thing. And that, yes, there's a lot of Jewish people that have been taken by that, just like we can point out in Ukraine with the Nazi thing doesn't mean like if we can point to Orthodox Jewish organizations that that are aggressively calling out what's happening with the Zionist agenda and exactly what he's pointing out. How can you possibly make that argument? You see what I'm saying? Like, it's just ridiculous. But to the point we're making here, like, again, I disagree with what he's saying right there. I shouldn't have to say that anyway. The point is that people can come to their own conclusions about it. But it's amazing that I think I genuinely feel like this is being done to be inflammatory. 
The 100%, especially when you get to the, the part in the next clip where he's like, mm-hmm. well, because Hitler was a Christian. Oh, I don't, I don't, geez, I didn't even it, see that. Wait, let, let's play the next one real quick. Maybe I missed it. Here's this um, one. Or it's in one of the clips, but I mean, that's a, a thing that Ye says. And it's, and I've heard him say that about other people before. And to, to be like, oh, well, this person is a part of a religion that I am personally a part of and I think is the right one. Therefore, whatever they do can be justified in that their redeemer has given them forgiveness for what they've done. Therefore I have to is just a really weird, like, but somebody else could have done much, much less in terms of transgressing. But if they were of the wrong or if they hadn't mm. accepted Jesus, that's a hell worthy trespass in general. And therefore they're less of, I don't, their opinion doesn't count to me or what they do doesn't count to me the way that he did, you know, Tim pool where he's like, well, I don't care about your opinion. Yeah. You know, well, I, that kind I, of thing. The argument to say, I mean, what, so somebody can't pretend to be a Christian or like, you know what I right. mean? Like, or, or be one and not care. Like, it's just such a silly, and this is right. the idea. This is subjective opinion. Right. And that's, that's the idea. Everybody has a right to say the most offensive things they can possibly imagine, but you also have a right to say you're wrong and you're stupid or you're, you're disgusting or whatever you may think about it. Right. And that's the actual free speech dynamic. But I agree. I think that there's, you know, a lot lacking in what he's saying there. He's, he's either, you know, ignoring very real things or he's saying things that in, in my opinion are insulting. Right. That they are over the top and broad brushing an entire group. It's like any other example you could make. And that classically is always seen as ignorance. But you know what? You can disagree and you can think what you want. That's the beauty of free speech. Right. So here here is the next part of this. And there's one more clip after this. I've said it. the most Nazi like activities I've seen um, and, and the Nazis, in my view, were thugs that shook people down to a lot of really bad things. But they did good things, too. We're going to stop dissing the Nazis all the time. OK, we're, we're going to get to that. it's like you could just tell it was like even everyone's commenting like wow like alex jones was was especially you know like and again it's now now we're saying not just one person now we're literally going but the nazis did good things too the nazi party right i mean we're watching what these people are doing again despite what you may think about this or that the proof is very clear people like michael labed the actual nazi root in what we're talking about in there as well as neo-nazis as well as just fascists in general and blah 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 right so it's nuanced but to say that the nazis in general as a party who again if we what we know about history is correct had some pretty disgusting things like we could point to dr ishi but then again you know if we're really gonna be broad about it you can point out that there were higher hands that were involved with this rich entities that were funding all sides of things eugenics and so on but dr ishi project paperclip right i mean there's overlaps to this but it's i mean what do you think about that like and, and alex jones's response well i i mean of course look i really don't like it when entire groups of people get attributed with you know the the malfeasance of either their particular ruling elite uh you know or the co-option of whatever those persons that group's ideology or faith is in the name of amassing more control and more consolidation of wealth and resources and stuff like that so i that that to me i would rather you know, I would rather see pushback on that from the people who Yay feels comfortable enough being interviewed by in a way that, um, I don't know. I don't know how you deal with that. I don't know how you deal with somebody who walks in being like, oh, I've basically been unpersoned by everyone, so I'm not even going to show my face. I'm gonna Is that what he was through. doing? Maybe. That's how I read it, but mm-hmm. that could just be me, you know. 
Well, um, I mean, look, I mean, you're it, it, it's very interesting to see somebody who is taking a provably subjective stance and acting like mm -hmm. he's being persecuted for people saying that. Now, I'm not saying that's the whole story. Obviously, again, to come back to the core point, he's being censored for saying things he has a right to say. You may disagree with that, but that's actual free speech. So you can either say you agree with free speech or not. Right. You can't play a middle ground on that. But again, you can say, yes, I also think what he's saying is terrible and bad. Right. They, it's just I have a clip I'll play in a second that makes fun of this exact point that you were getting at that this I'm offended. Right. Like, how dare you offend me? It's like, at what point did we start pretending like being offended with some kind of capital crime? You know, it's it's mind blowing. But it, let's it let's play this. Is. Let's play yeah, this last one. And this one, this one is even more interesting because this is where I think it's Nick Fuentes just rattles off all this stuff. And again, I want to make some points about how this is something that is manipulated in a lot of ways, even though there's points that are the, what he's going to say about the Talmud and so on, I guess. I mean, again, I'll some of them I can't say I know is true. I'll say that right now, but some of them I do know are listed and you know discussed. But the point I'll make before we even start it is that you can point out all sorts of pretty wild things in the Bible too, right? You can point out some stuff that would probably blow your mind that you wouldn't didn't know was in the Bible that we just pretend are archaic and we don't really, ah, that's old stuff. We don't look at that anymore. It's like, okay, well, I know there are some people that don't feel that way that are Christians. I also know the same thing in any religion. You can point at the, the Talmud, or we could talk about the Quran. It's the same point, but we love to make it all or nothing when it's about somebody bad guy. We want to point that. Right. And that's mm -hmm. usually the problem in this stuff. Truth. And then the current truth about banking, about the government. My favorite thing that I got to say with uh, Tim pool was, Rahm Emanuel was right there next to Obama. Jared Kushner was right there next to Trump. What are those two people, those two Zionists, oh, I gave it away, have in common? Uh, Nick, can you pick that up and uh, expound on that? Absolutely, yeah. You know, and it's interesting because you've been going on these interviews with Lex Friedman and with Tim Pool and Piers Morgan, and they always say... Is, is he part of InfoWars or is he there with Kanye? He's there with Ye. Oh, so he's not part of InfoWars. No, huh? Oh, I, I, there was this weird like merger between Nick Fuentes and Milo and Ye huh. over the last couple of weeks. Oh, so that's and, why he was at the Tim Pool. I thought he was like part of their group. I don't follow most of the stuff with them, so I, I just don't know. So that's interesting. Right, right. Interesting. Okay, let's play. Hey, well, don't talk about a group. Talk about the individuals. And I would point out, one, it's hypocritical because in the same interview, Tim Pool said, well, wouldn't Ye be so great for the black vote? You can say the black vote, but you talk about Jewish businessmen, and somehow that's a problem. You can't, and that's a fair point, right? I, that again, and the point is that you should be allowed to talk about any of these things as long as it's all free and anybody can criticize and point out what you're doing if they disagree and so on, right? Well, that, and it, to that, he's also saying it's okay to talk about the black community as if they're homogenous and they exactly. all. You know, and it's it, they're, they're all going to vote one way anyway. And if they don't, they're somehow some sort of a pariah or an outcast or whatever. But right. if you talk about a different group of people as if they're homogenous, that's that's in the same breath right. as Pierce Morgan will do. Because that's the that's allowable. Right. We're allowed to broad stroke in this group, in this moment, in this discussion. Right. And it, it's this is the hypocrisy of all of it. But this one is always off limits, you know, and look, the point is that it's be that it is broadly and has that we've seen them use done in a, in a broad way in the same way. Right. But it's 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 hypocritical to allow one, not the other. Yeah. And talk about groups when it's one, but not the other. The other thing is that there is something baked into the cake in Judaism, which affects how they are brokering these kinds of contracts with entertainers like yay. If you look at the town again, it now my, my point would be that it could do that. 
right? To just pretend that every single Jewish business person is first checking with the Talmud before they can do something is, I mean, how are you going to make that kind of point and pretend that you're an honest person? To pretend right? that the, well, to pretend that the Talmud is a book of laws is well, in and of itself completely on its face retarded. Well, like, but, that's a, it's a collection of arguments and then, like, at the end of the art, you, you, there will be rabbis that will say, oh, well, you could do this or this is this or this is that. But by no, I don't, as far as I know, mm. there's nothing in that particular book or even religion that says treat this as a code of behavior, conduct, or laws. That's, that's, a, that's an important point. It's fair. But, I mean, I would say it's sort of irrelevant in the point that he's making. What he's essentially saying is that these people— Well, no, it's, it's actually the point he's making. I'm sorry to cut you off, man. No, but, no, I mean, the way that he delivers, the way that he's saying all of this mm-hmm. is that he's either lumping all of them in together as a set of laws mm-hmm. or he's deliberately, knowingly making a, this sort of— you know, cagey conflation mm-hmm. that this book is a, a, you know, behavioral religious mandate rather right. than what it is and applying that. Well, if you believe this or if you're a part of this group, then this is the book that's telling you that this is this and you have this dictates your behavior. Right. And that's I mean, I, kind of what it's coming across as. And that's flat out not what that book does. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I get you. But I mean, I'm not going to say I know what how Jewish people perceive the Talmud either, right? I mean, I, yeah. the, the whole point is that there is some level of truth to what is being stated in the concept that there are some people, just like there are some Christians, that take these things at, at, as absolute, not to, you know, no pun intended, absolute gospel, right? Like the literal have to follow kind of a thing. Now, you're right. Whether he's implying that this is how they see it or not, the point is what I was saying is that it's really just about the fact that he's arguing whether law or suggestion or religious mandate that these people are in unison all doing it because it says that or that's the implication. Mm-hmm. And the, as we both agree on, that's ridiculous. And I don't care if it's one percent or 50 percent. The point is not every single person who is Jewish follows exactly what these things say but that's kind of the implication here or that that mm-hmm. most of them do or very, so on again it's just a subjective point that you can very clearly argue that there are plenty of jewish people that call this kind of stuff out the and i've made these points before so right there on the surface you could point out that that's not everybody and that's the point yeah. i'm making you guys can suss out the rest of it for yourselves the point is people have a right to say these things even though i argue a lot of this stuff is insulting and would be considered racist but on top of that that there is some level of like you point out with israel like abby martin work in palestine has been historically is unreal you can listen to some of the things these people say about palestinians or in the context of ukraine and donbass there is a level of that happening and if you pretend it's not there you're doing the same thing in reverse right absolutely objective let's finish this which is a real jewish holy book or part of the holy book there's the written uh torah which is the hebrew bible there's the oral torah which was written down as the mishnah and then interpreted in the Talmud. In the Talmud, it says that Jews have to treat Gentiles differently than they treat other Jews. There's all kinds of examples of this. They say that if you accidentally, if a Jew indirectly... I think Alex is uncomfortable by the conversation. Do you agree with the way his body language? Just my opinion. 100%. This is not where he wanted to be right now. I agree. Kills a Gentile. There's nothing even wrong with that. There's nothing morally wrong with that. They say that for a Jew to have sex with a Gentile is comparable to bestiality. They say that the semen of a Gentile is like that of horses. They also say that you can't give a gift to a Gentile. A Jew is not permitted under the Talmud to give a gift to a Gentile. 
They're not permitted to charge each other interest, but they're encouraged to charge Gentiles interest. What do they say about pedophilia? They say that that's uh, in some cases listen. Well, here's what you're telling me in their holy book. It says it's okay to be pedophiles as long as it's not another Jewish person. That's only it came from Adam. I'm not true. So it's just it's just interesting to me that it is, you know, there's obviously broad brushes happening there. Very clearly. Now, I again, there's some of that I'm not sure about, right? But the point is, some of those things are in fact correct. That there are. My point would be, there are plenty of people that don't necessarily look at that and say that's how we need to act today. Just like you can point out all sorts of very archaic things in the Bible that people don't actually practice today that would probably blow your mind. Again, not to even get into that conversation. But the bottom line is, this this is, I think, my opinion, and then you could tell me what you think is being used in a large way to create the very s the very sentiment that is been that has been floated but it's been completely hollow especially after january 6 did not become what they wanted it to be and i think things like this have just cemented in the conversation that this is at very least a real line running through this group party whatever you want to call it and i think that's very concerning to me right to me personally what do you think well i i think that there's always been a contingent of americans that are hardwired through whatever historical prejudices to view not just Zionists, but uh, every single Jewish person on the planet with the same lens. And that historically, a lot of them tend to vote uh, along the more conservative Republican lines. Real real quick, Steve, just to add to that, read Robert's recent article about the election and there's an example that is undeniable. They literally voted in one of the most extremist, openly racist people. I'm not even talking about Netanyahu. I'm talking about the people that are in the party. Their their parties are like the Jewish supremacy part, not the Jewish mm-hmm. power party. And they're openly supremacist about their mindset. Even the ADL and people have spoken out about these groups as being racist. You know, so yeah. we have to understand that there is a faction of people in this country that are absolutely voting for these things if that's an actual legitimate vote. But it's not all of it. And that's the point. And I do think personally my faith in the human species the humanity would argue that people have been manipulated and influenced to believe these things like we've seen happen in ukraine and elsewhere or many americans that actually believe murdering people for foreign policy is a good thing right it's the same thing you can point out anywhere that's my opinion sorry keep going yeah yeah yeah, no what where where it becomes a problem and what we're going to see i think uh, out of the reaction to this is that we're going to see further protections of an already protected class that uh, we're going to see more and more um, more and more things added to what is hate speech. Mm -hmm. We're going to see more and more things added to the list of what constitutes white supremacy. Um, It's always interesting to me, like what color Jewish people get to be depending on who's mad at them, Mm -hmm. you know, because of people that look like me, are mad at Jew, Jewish people, then I'm a white supremacist. People like Kanye are mad at Jewish people, then Jews are like kind of de facto white. Like it's a really weird, th- I don't understand and, any of it. I'm not trying to claim to. Well, no, to, to, to flesh that out, to explain, like what you're saying is not necessarily that that's a identity thing for the individual, but that's how this, this conversation yeah. is being framed by the manipulators. That's important. And yeah, I agree with that. I mean, well, and then if you could, depending on who gets to claim victim status, right? That's also like kind of a you get to get to claim an implied minority status on that as well. 
Right. Well, I mean, it's it's this it's the best example to make is, again, from a governmental level, how the Zionist Israeli government will argue, for instance, that Palestine is not part of their their country when that suits their interest, but then that they are when they want to control what they're doing, you know, or or that they are part of the Middle East when they want to abuse that. But then they're completely part of Europe when they want to be part of your Euromo or whatever that concert, you know, it's like it's just so it's it's abuse of it because they want it's. It's a game. We're it's a we're watching this game play out, and people's lives are the pieces, and that's that's everything we're watching today. And I think this is where we bring it home, and this is the main point of everything today. Mitch McConnell stands up, and this was uh, as of the 29th, and says, "quote There is no room in the Republican Party for anti-Semitism or white supremacy, and anyone meeting with people advocating that point of view is highly unlikely to ever be elected president of the United States." And it's roundly regarded that he's discussing Donald Trump here, right? That was kind of like a push away and the idea that i mean you point out where donald trump and i'm not saying i you guys know my opinion about donald trump you read just read his book if you want to understand who this person really is and what he pretended to be while he was president that's not to say he didn't try to do what he thought was right i don't really think i believe that but i don't think that's been proven the point is that he you point out where he's been anti-semitic or that where he's been a white supremacist the guy is aggressively pro-israel like and so it's a very strange thing to make this argument and it all stems off what we're talking about and we see things like this happening, right? These conversations with Yay and this, this very inflammatory conversation that kicks off this argument. And now we're right back in the game of MAGA, white supremacy. Now, again, with the ADL anti-Semitism kind of overlap with anything that's negative against Israeli government, their policy. It's very concerning to me where this is going. And this is what I call the, the MAGA trap has been set. And this was back on September 2nd when this, this whole executive order went out and the whole speech he gave about, you know, how the... The right and the MAGA were hurting everything. I mean, I just, I mean, am I the only, do you see this connecting? I feel like. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and, and at least with uh, the MAGA people, they've proven that next to the progressive left, they're the most malleable, manipulated, herdable people in the country. Well, you know, what's interesting is I agree, other than the fact that maybe what just happened over the last six months might have shaken a lot of them free. I, I mean, I, I mean, I'm not saying I know it for sure, but yeah. I have seen a lot of people, and I point. I think we even had this conversation that you know they see them, they call themselves patriots, right? And they're they're conservative, but they're no law. They see they they see the rhinos as you as they argue. You know, like they're Republican in name only, which weirdly seems to suggest not seems to but suggest that they're then Democrats, which still plays into the party idea. Regardless, yeah. I'm beginning to see these people more and more question a lot of it. I'm just being hopeful. I mean, I really do think that if there's questioning the whole paradigm, even if they still partake in it, that that's a good step, right? Like that from my perspective. So I, but I agree with you throughout the process. We have seen, it's just another part of the game, Russiagate, QAnon, right? It's the same back and forth kind of overlap. And this is genuinely where I see this going. And so hypothetically, had we see the, had we seen the Patriot front flop of a PSYOP happen today, would it be different? Right now that this there's yeah. very clearly a little more momentum at this moment. And that is where I see this going. And this leads us into where Ger in Germany, police conducted 91 house searches. Guys, this was on the 30th. 91 house searches and interrogations across Germany over hate postings on the Internet. Now, we just talked about this in the last show about a person arrested in the United States, in Louisiana, for a joke comparing the uh, COVID illusion to a zombie apocalypse and literally got arrested guess why anti-terrorism law until he was forced to be released because there wasn't any reason to hold him and the sheriff of the sheriff's office were removed given qualified immunity i mean i, I just didn't make sense like so i think this guy jumped the gun 
he's letting you see the inside of what's coming, my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. But either way, this is where it's all going. And this, uh, we can skip this. I was going to translate it and we could read some of what it says. The point is what exactly what it looks like. People are being arrested for hate speech, whatever they think that means. Before we play this joking video, I want your thoughts on that. I, I mean, when, when Bill Barr came out and said that they were going to have a pre-crime division back right. in, uh, in 2020, um, but I assumed that this is where we were going to be in a relatively short amount of time. And, and just the fact, and not even outside of any like minority report jokes or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Just the, the fact that a pre-crime division in the Department of Justice is an actual thing that exists and arrests have been made. It has become very, very clear that, well, I, Garland Nixon, Garland Nixon got suspended for a right. joke, for a parody of a to-do list for Anthony Blinken. Right, where if you, funny. Yes, it was. And, and if you were to take it seriously, you would have to, first of all, believe that Anthony Blinken would be dictating his daily calendar to Garland Nixon. Right. You know, right. and I write mean, down we, and murder and killing, you know, like it just it's. You know, yeah. Strangle Palestinians with my bare hands. Right. That's right. it. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it's yeah. The guy got arrested for the joke, had to be released. Garland Nixon potentially lost one of the ways that he, you know, makes money mm-hmm. through that. He was had a pretty popular Twitter account. Right. You know, I'm sure it drove traffic to where he makes a living doing broadcasting. I'm sure it did, you know, and he's been given a form of sanctions in terms of promoting what he does and making his living, doing his business uh, as a result of what? Making a joke. Right. But but the joke or not, though, and it was a joke, very, very clearly a joke, but it was it's free speech. And this is the point somebody's making before to be very clear, whether it's a joke or not. Right. The person who posted that could have said this pandemic is you know, whatever, that it could literally become a zombie apocalypse or just say these vaccines kill people. The point is you have a right to say it. But the craziest part is that it was even a joke and it was clearly a joke. And I, maybe that's the point the person was making. Maybe it was meant to make it kind of like backwardly cement in our minds that it's OK. You know, jokes are bad, but, the you know, real misinformation we should be arresting people for. I don't know. But either way, it's really happening. Right. So we have people in the United States being arrested under anti-terrorism laws for joking about this. We have people posting hate speech, whatever that subjectively means to the government in Germany, being interrogated in their own homes for posting this stuff. This is unreal. Now, before we get to the next serious part of this, I just wanted to insert this to, you know, kind of cut the, the seriousness a bit with this. But it really does also kind of facetiously show you how ridiculous it is, basing this on things that are words and that they are crimes now because the words translate to violence, which is where this is going. And the point is that if, if you're being offended is what we're really talking about here. And I just thought this was funny. I know we have political correctness, which is, which is the joy that is the other side of health and safety, which is health and safety, which is a small oppression of our physical movement. So we can't do anything without permission from the state and political correctness, is the oppression of our intellectual movement. So no one says anything anymore in case somebody else gets offended. <laughs> What happens if you say that and someone gets offended? Well, they can be offended. (laughs) What's wrong with being offended? When did sticks and stones made break my bones stop being relevant? Right? Well. Isn't that what you teach children, for God's sake? That's what you teach toddlers. He called me an idiot. Don't worry about him. He's a dick. I mean, it's really an important point, right? I mean, if these are classic little quips we you know we things we tell our children but then adults no longer think it's important you know, it's just, it's, they don't I, we played that clip on tuesday when you were oh, you on am wake up yeah nice, there's nice. the sheila jackson lee 
uh, sticks and stones and words now, oh, right. too. That one. I said I couldn't find it the other day. Yeah, that one's important, too, where she's literally saying it's no longer the case. Like, you know, we I think we joked about that. So what so what happened? <laughs> Where's the moment where something shifted? It's the same exact thing. They're just choosing to make this an issue now. You know, people like your your feelings are more important than people's rights. That's what they're telling you. They have adults going, I was offended, I was offended, and I have rights. <laughs> well, so what? Be offended. Nothing happens. <laughs> You're an adult. Grow up. Deal with it. I was offended. I don't care. Nothing happens when you're offended. There's nothing. I, I went to the comedy show and, and the comedian said something about the Lord and, and I was offended. And when I woke up in the morning, I had leprosy. <laughs> nothing happens. I want to live in democracy, but I never want to be offended again. Well, you're an idiot. <laughs> How do you make a law about offending people? How do you make it an offense to offend people? Being offended is subjective. That has everything to do with you as an individual or a collective or a group or a society or a community, your moral conditioning, your religious beliefs. What offends me may not offend you. And you want to make laws about this? I'm offended when I see boy bands, for God's sake. It's <laughs> a valid offense. I'm offended. They're corporate shills posing as musicians to further a modeling career. And frankly, I'm disgusted. <laughs> Well, what am I going to do? Call uh, the cops? Hello, it's me again. <laughs> <laughs> They're on the telly this time. <laughs> Five of them, that's it. Yeah, white suits dancing like girls, that's them. Five minutes, I'll be out the front traumatized. Bye. <laughs> It's really just that last part that I like, you know, it's like, cause we, the, most of it's just really genuinely like, well, yeah, be a grown up. Like, you know, nothing actually happens except you personally making things happen about it. But the point being is that, yeah, it's subjective, right? <laughs> and if it comes down to these people choosing for you, I, I think of that Jordan Peterson clip, right? Where if the, let me see if I even have that. Hold on. That's a good clip. Cool. And I did put yeah, the right sticks and stones and words or violence clip in the stream yard chat. Oh, perfect. Let me play this and we'll play that one. Now, this, this is uh, Jordan Peterson making this point, right? If we allow this exact thing to happen, you know who's going to be the ones to step up to do it? The worst people. The idea that there's hateful speech, it's like, yeah, okay, that's self-evident. No problem. Well, let's regulate it. Okay, fair enough, because it's hateful. You know, maybe we'd rather that there wasn't any of it. Okay, no problem. Who defines hate? Well, we'll worry about that later. It's like, no, you won't. That's actually the problem. Here's the answer to who defines hate. Those people that you would least want to have define it. That will be the inevitable consequence of the legislation. Because sensible people won't have anything to do with that. Like people who are power mad will gravitate to that domain to make an ethical case to exercise their controlling power over the language of other people. No, and I've had journalists say, well, what makes you think that your right to free speech trumps the right of someone to not be offended? And I think that's really the level of our political discourse. And it comes back to exactly what we're talking about now, right? I mean, it's the same, like these people have really defined this as being the most important thing. And we are actually talking about them having their feelings hurt. Mm -hmm. and, that, and that is really dictating people going to jail. I, I mean, it's just mind blowing. And this is the clip that you played. Uh, when we on the last T-Lab Tuesday, right? Here it is. Mm -hmm. Let me just say this. 
uh, Reverend Sharpton, it is uh, very well documented that words nowadays can actually uh, break your bones. Words have generated violence. We've seen that. Let me just say well, again, my point before was, OK, fine. If you're going to make that argument, well, you damn well better be able to have some of the battle. Well, of course not. They never do. Right. They just say what they want. But if that's the case, then something changed, obviously. So you're saying that it wasn't once like that. Now it is. So what happened? <laughs> you know, it's obviously I'm jo- there's nothing right. Did, we know that. did words words somehow? Well, see, words got a hold of uh, Alex Jones's alpha brain. Right, right, right. That's what happened. They got a hold of some of that uh, Joe Rogan, you know, like bulk up supplement. And the words have been working out. They've been taking some <laughs> jujitsu about a blue belt now. And they're really starting to be able to, to throw people around. Uh, and, and if we don't rein in uh, this toxic, you know, word masculinity, uh, then we're, we're really going to have some problems going forward. Yeah, it's it's just such a joke. I mean, I, I'm genuinely baffled that people are taking this seriously. As as uh, uh, Scott just put out on the Substack, a uh, breakdown of the of the exact point we're talking about here, and speech equals violence is where we're going. The relentless push to make words illegal, and Ireland, by the way, plans was planning to imprison people for the same thing: hate speech. I mean, this is it's obviously happening in a coordinated fashion all across the world, in not everywhere, but a lot of places simultaneously. I I can't miss that that is coordinated. It's very, well, very clear. Irish but, have some of the most colorful hate speech in the world. It would be a shame <laughs> to lose it. Now, unfortunately, I do have to rush the show end so I can uh, take Sierra out before we finish. But I wanted to wrap up with this. But we, I was going to get into a bunch of other stuff around some uh, COVID stuff and, and uh, some injection stuff. It goes all the way over to here. But we'll do that on the next show. Maybe Steve can join as well. But to wrap this up, ultimately, is this part. And this was the main part of the show today, Switzerland and uh, Taylor is going to be reaching out to this lawyer who she knows, and she's going to be doing an interview soon on the last American vagabond. So get ready for that because her story about uh, her interview with Thomas Binder, Dr. Binder is the reason like a, one of the main points that's got drawing a lot of attention to this after being ignored by the courts, lawyer goes public with criminal case against Swiss medic and demands immediate suspension of vaccines. Not this. I didn't mean this exact topic. I meant, um, Bender being arrested and the idea of people being arrested and medicated against their will, right? Mm-hmm. Which is where we're going with this. And this complaint, and uh, this was, where was this one? Hold on right here. This was the last point. Sorry to jump through this. Obviously I wanted to go longer on this in general, but the point is that people are pushing back and it's, it's very clear. And it's all about the same point, but even while it's happening the, in the United States and around the world, by the way, because again, Bender was the main point. Uh, make sure I grab that before we go. Because this, this, I mean, it really does, even when we, we, this first came out, I'm blown away that this is happening ex- th- like this. Like this, this is a, a highly credentialed doctor who was arrested, put in a psych ward, forced medicated because he said what he wasn't supposed to about COVID. And he's still fighting back. So please check this out. It's This, this interview, by the way, on Rubble has got over 200,000 views. So people are paying. Oh, wow. My computer's freezing up. Oh, there we go. Don't freeze on me. Oh, no. <laughs> well, good thing we're coming. Oh, there we go. Coming to an end. So this will be the last point I want to make here. And this is this was which kind of what ties it all together, guys. Right. So in, in New York City, they're starting involuntary hospital hospitalizing mentally ill homeless people. Right. But what I find very, very concerning about this is when you read through this, it doesn't seem to apply to homeless people alone. It just simply <laughs> says anybody who is a danger to themselves 
well, we have to do something about that. And they go out of their way in this article to make it clear statements by the politicians that, look, it's a misconception that you have to be violent to be put in these places. Like if we deem that you're a threat to yourself, no mention of just homeless people, guys. Now, maybe I'm reading into it. But we're at a point now where they're arresting people for hate speech. We're arresting people, doctors, for saying the wrong thing, medicating them. Now we have examples of people that you're claiming, meanwhile saying anti-vaxxers are a risk to everybody, including themselves. You're going, we're going to start hospitalizing and force medicating people that are a threat to themselves. If you can't see that language overlap, then you're not paying attention. And that scares the hell out of me. Yeah, no, we had almost three years now nonstop of... People saying that if you didn't take part in a medical experiment, then you're a threat to yourself and everyone around you. Right, right. I mean, I genuinely see this is where it's going, guys. And I just think we need to be very careful with, you know, just the two-party paradigm. We need to start questioning a lot of this stuff. And I wanted to, I actually wanted to have a longer conversation about this, but I do want to include it. And this comes to the main point here is that we're talking about people being forced, right? Forced to make, forced to do what they think is right for you. But here's an interesting story. To kind of just be objective and throw this around the other side. Maybe we could talk about it again in the future. Anti-vaxxer nurse, and this is a story I checked it. I just wanted to show Aunt Nashville Angela as well because she's doing a great job, who injected up to 8,600 elderly patients with salt water instead of COVID vaccine, apparently walks free from a court in Germany, which is an interesting overlap with Germany arresting people for hate speech, but the court let her go, which, mm. by the way, is you know interesting. Now, first of all, from a personal perspective, I, I feel like good for her. Right. Like that. I mean, she because she believes she's saving people's lives, obviously. Right. And I argue she probably did. But here's the interesting thing to discuss. Was she right in doing that? Right. Because these are people going in who are wanting the injection, arguably. I mean, there's probably people that are being forced. Right. Or being coerced. But some of them went in because they wanted a shot. Right. So even though you can argue that we think that she's right in doing because she probably would have helped them. Was it her choice to make? See, I mean, it's a very interesting game that's being played here. And it's just, I just, that's, what do you think before we leave? What do you think about that? Man, that's a tough one. It really yeah. is because you, you do have someone stepping in to be the, the arbiter of, you know, right. whether or not this person does get this product in the first place, it may or may not be, you know, what that person wants. That person could want, you know, and regardless, I don't, that's a very interesting question. If you know for a fact that you're saving somebody's life, do you then have the power to make that decision for them? Well, see, that's, that's another step to take it in. So like, let's just say that if you know, as a, for a fact that it's going to hurt them, right. Even then though, I still argue that their choice is paramount, right? Now the question would be whether you have, you have an obligation to do something there's even laws in places that say that well you if you don't help that person you're criminally acting because you have a right you're supposed to i just think i find a hard issue with that though because i always fall back to freedom right personal freedom and choice has to be paramount and that's what i wanted to make this point for because this puts you in a very weird spot right because look again from a personal perspective i agree with that like i mean as much as i think that in the moment it's hard to debate whether it's the right thing to do because of choice I do think she probably saved people's lives. And look at the court. They agreed. They let her go. Mm-hmm. Right. So I don't know. I just, it's, it's just a good well, question. The court may have let her go because they, there's no proof that she was doing anything that was actually injurious to them. I, well, again, again, there's more, read the article. We can get, yeah, there's okay. more to it and, and why, but the overall point is that she was let go. And so whether it's a, a, a you know, a, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, 
caveat, it's not the right word, but, you know, whether loophole, whether it's a loophole or, or something like that, the bottom line was, you know, she did give somebody think people things that they that didn't hurt them. Right. They can't really hurt them. Things that I think you can clearly prove today is are safer than what they would have gotten. Right. So, I mean, these things matter in a court of law. Right. But did she remove those people's choice? I, you know, that it's an interesting question. We're not going to answer it here, right? It's a personal choice, a personal question we all need to think about. But I'm not trying to say right or wrong here. I'm just trying to think think about these things and think about where these things go and how the media uses these stories to, in a weird way, sometimes use things like this to get you to think, well, good. You know, like the choice is not yours to make, right? And it always is your choice to make, guys. It always comes back to personal choice and freedom. Now, to rush out here, guys, I got to go. I've got to get her out before I join Allison. But Steve, I always enjoy speaking with you, man. You always have a great counterbalance to what we're talking about. And I, I love that meme, Sativa versus Indica. Even my own even my own audience points that out. They're like, Ryan's like 30,000 directions all over the place. And you're just like, hmm. <laughs> Let's slow it down for a minute. I love it, though. It's a good back and forth, man. I always like talking with you. Oh, me too. Me too, my friend. It's fantastic. Dan, yeah, anytime you want me to come on, I'm more than happy to do that. Your show goes in like my every day. There's a a chunk of time where I'm not obligated to be anywhere, Mm -hmm. and it's usually when you're on. So Nice. There you go. It works out really well. I'm sure we'll do it again. So my pup's down here calling me, so I got to get going. But it's uh, great having you, brother. And Tuesday, I'm sure we'll see you soon. Heck yeah. As always, everybody out there, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.